is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about? No, it's not him. There's only one more. There is only one more. There's, there's, that's it. One more. Get around. No. They saw your team put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for them. Where's the oxygen? Play like absolute just garbage. <laughs> this is the Sports Loud Mouse. Yay! Man, can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here. With Errol Marks and Speedy Beanie. You're not even a has-been. You're a never was. You're a never was. January 19th, 2023. You are listening to the Sports Loudmouths. I'm your host, Errol Marks, my co-host. Speedy, I want to go to the bathroom, Petey. 631-672-3108 is a number. You can check out our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows throughout the week, including our show, which airs live every single Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Thursday, which is live right now, 9 p.m. Check out Game On with Josh Silverberg, which airs at 6 p.m. live every Friday. And all our shows, The Herd and The Betting Show, Wake and Bake, check out our shows throughout the week. They're great shows. Tune in. Fantastic content and great Great guests. Speedy, what's up, man? Well, I'm not in the bathroom, so clearly there was no need to rush before that, before the show. I so, had to go to the bathroom. Yes, I yes, I was aware that you went out with Eric, so you probably ate a lot of appetizer Actually, food and all that. Well, he, he always, always orders the appetizers. Always. And obviously, I pick at it. But I, I, I don't like to eat the appetizers. Obviously, it's fried food, and it makes me sick. It hurts my stomach. I have a bad stomach as it is. And I was... You know, back in the bathroom, enjoying myself. Uh, I do get a chance to read all my fan mail when I'm sitting on the toilet, so that was fun. How are you? I guess I was fan mail. That's an interesting way to, way to put it. I do. It seems like a very uh, old school term, but I guess it works for you. You have a lot of followers on Twitter. Uh, that's true, and I got a lot of fan mail mm-hmm. who writes to me, and people like to attack me, or they love what I'm doing. I had actually had a guy that on Twitter that says he loves the show and loves that I'm a Jet fan, so he'll be tuning in tonight. So shout out to all the Twitter fans that have not listened to the show and now do. So thank you. Anyways, uh, Speedy, what's going on? I mean, I, I asked you what, what's going on. Yeah, nothing really. Lost a little bit? Not, no, well, I don't know about lost. I'm not in a corn maze, but... A corn what? A corn maze. You're in a corn maze? I said I'm not in a corn this maze. This isn't Halloween. No. Why would you be is, in a corn maze? That is spooky, though. What, a corn maze? Have you ever haunted, been... Haunted corn mazes? Yeah, those are cool. Yeah? When was the last time you were at a haunted uh, corn maze? Sometime when I was in college, I think it was. There was a, there was a corn maze in the neighboring town over, and a couple of my friends and I did that. Oh, yeah? Year. Yeah. Did you get scared? Uh, one thing, but that was, that was really it. Did you pee your pants? No, I didn't pee my pants. So you've never been scared enough that you peed your pants? No. Is there a movie that you liked or was scared of that you'll never watch again? Yeah, Snakes on a Plane. Snakes on a plane. I hate snakes, so I cannot. So it you're telling me, me if I brought a snake in this studio right now, you would have a heart attack. I would hope not, but there's a possibility. 
<laughs> now I know something. I, I I can have my cousin bring a snake in here. Oh God, uh, that'll be interesting. What's what's so scary about a, a snake? I've been I've been terrified of them since I was a kid. They slither around. They could be poisonous. I don't know. Not all snakes. are I didn't poisonous. say they were. I know and, that. And not all snakes are bad. I'm not taking that chance. They eat rodents. For such an agile, tough to catch creature that slithers around, and you can't like. They're not tough to catch. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. Where do you learn this information? Where do you get this information? Do you watch the Animal Planet? No. <laughs> so you wouldn't even sit and watch anything no, about I, snakes? No, I can't do narration stuff. Really? No, I can't do that. But you can narrate everything with sports, but you can't watch I wouldn't narration. narrate it. So how about, you know. I would not narrate like that, like the way they was. What is so like. scary about a snake? Please. Everything. It slithers, ar- it slithers uh, stop around. Stop with the slithering. That's not scary. Yeah, it's, it is because it's sneaky. It's not, like, it's not like a lion that you could see. Oh, it's running at you. You could see a snake coming at you. Not necessarily. Oh, really? And you could, see, you could see a lion that's coming at you? You could see a dog coming at you? A coyote? Yeah, and they're smaller, but they're more stealth. Okay. And, and do you know most snake bites don't kill you? Okay. Again, I'm not taking that chance. So you're scared of a snake. You're, you'd rather... You'd rather run from a snake than a than a lion. I would rather not run from either one of them, but at least I know at least I could see it comparatively. So and you want to watch could yourself? Be poisonous. So you want to watch yourself die? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't want to watch myself. So die. why would you be scared of a snake before a lion? Because I've been freaked out with them since I was a kid. Okay, there you go. Speedy is afraid of snakes. So snug. Anybody that wants to send a snake as a gift for the great speedster. You're more than welcome to. At 9.30, we'll be talking to Elite Sports, New York, NY, NFL, and Giants writer, Ryan Honey. He will be joining us. He's been on the show before, so it'll be fun. I'm sure he's excited as the Giants move on to the divisional game against, yes, my Philadelphia Eagles, my second favorite team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Looking forward to seeing Jalen Hurts at 70%, which is claimed to be, he claims to be 75 or above percent. We'll see. Uh, at 10 o'clock, we'll be talking to nine-year NFL defensive and second founder of Mr. Mintz Production, Jeremy Mincy. He'll be joining us. Uh, he played in 2007 to 2015, the Jaguars, the Broncos, and yes, the greatest team of all time, the Dallas Cowboys. John Harbaugh says there is a 200% chance the Ravens re-sign Lamar Jackson. So it's not 90, it's not 80. It's not 100. It's a 200% chance that they're going to bring back Lamar Jackson. We'll see. Russell Wilson advocates for the Broncos to pursue Sean Payton. And he wants him bad. So it'll be interesting. Sean Payton is looking at other jobs. I know he wants to move out west, but I think he wants to go to a hot climate. I don't know about the Broncos in, in Denver. I mean, it does get cold in the wintertime over there. Um, the Nets say they are learning to, they're leaning towards giving Kyrie Irving a max contract in the offseason. I think they should lead outside of that, but that's just my opinion. Uh, Draymond Green says he is hinting at retirement in five years or less. Who cares then? Five years? Draymond, what are you, 31, 32? Five years, you'll be 37, 38. Who cares? And divisional round previews and picks with our friend Derek, a.k.a. Mr. Mountain. So. There's also a chance, if he's feeling up to it, we might have Mark on as well. Later. Mark on uh, Mark Every Kelly joining mm-hmm. us. That'll be nice. 
having good old Mark back on. I haven't heard from him in a while. Mm -hmm. Hoping that he is feeling better. So why don't we get into it? We were speaking yesterday about Lamar Jackson and his final couple of games with the Baltimore Ravens. And he didn't have a final couple of games with the Baltimore Ravens because he decided, I believe, to sit out and protect his ankle or foot injury that he had. Now, we spoke about this yesterday, and I don't want to go too too deep into this, but we never actually heard John Harbaugh speak about Lamar Jackson. I always thought John Harbaugh was looking for a guy that could play the pocket type of quarterback position that we saw Joe Flacco play, and a lot of ex-Baltimore Ravens quarterbacks played and when they were most successful in winning Super Bowls. And also a dominant defense, which showed at the end of the season that they could be. I don't know if Lamar Jackson is the guy. I don't know if Lamar Jackson is the guy that wants to be there in Baltimore and take them to the promised land since the last time they went there in 2012. What I do know is Lamar Jackson wants a lot of money. What I do know is Lamar Jackson has really tried to sell himself off the Baltimore Ravens on Twitter. Now, Lamar wants a lot of money, and if if the Baltimore Ravens are willing to pay him, I think he stays there and they move forward with him. Do I think he is going to stay there, even though John Harbaugh has come out and said that he's 200% sure that he is going to be there? I don't believe it until he signs the paperwork. Now, is it a a more of a chance that he is going to sign back with Baltimore? Absolutely. Because no team is going to be willing to give up two first-round draft picks for Lamar Jackson because of his injuries, one. And for two, the guy has never really gotten past the first round except once. So the guy has not been successful in the playoffs. As we've seen, quarterback after quarterback have great seasons, a.k.a. Dak Prescott. Aaron Rodgers is another one who's only won one Super Bowl. We could go Peyton Manning, guys that have struggled in the playoffs. These are some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I'm not saying Dak is, but Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, these guys had problems winning in the playoffs. Maybe because of the team, maybe because of injury, maybe they just weren't any good when the, when the time to really put their game and their team on their shoulders and play their lights out. They weren't those guys. But Lamar Jackson won an MVP. Lamar Jackson was a th- 30th pick in the first round when there were four or five quarterbacks drafted ahead of him because everybody and everybody thought that Lamar Jackson's game wouldn't fit the NFL game. Boy, were we wrong. Now the Baltimore Ravens are trying to figure out how to protect him and keep him. As we all know that I believe, not just me, everybody else believes Lamar Jackson didn't play in that game, in the wild card weekend game, because he was protecting himself. One, because he wants his contract. Two, because even though he's not 100%, the team didn't want to put up or shut up in the offseason, so he didn't want to put up and shut up in the playoffs. And three, I think Lamar Jackson doesn't want to be there anymore. 
But if John Harbaugh, the coach, says that he is 200% sure, he will do everything he can to persuade and pursue this quarterback to still be the starting quarterback of this organization. Here's the problem. You fire the OC today, the offensive coordinator. Understandable. Lamar Jackson obviously didn't like him. Why would you do that if you don't know Lamar Jackson is going to be back? Obviously, they know something that we don't. And there is a story coming out that the Baltimore Ravens are willing to let Lamar Jackson decide who he wants his offensive coordinator to be moving forward. So what are you going to do? you going to have Lamar Jackson interview every single offensive coordinator? Are you going to have Lamar Jackson choose what wide receiver he wants to play with next year? And you're going to make a trade for him? Because if you're going to give Lamar Jackson everything he wants, why didn't you give him what he wanted last year when he asked you for a $240 million contract? Kyler Murray got that money. He didn't put up. He didn't shut up. And he put himself in a situation this year that his whole team couldn't stand him. Lamar Jackson played without a contract, without the guaranteed money that he believed he deserved, and he still put up the numbers. He still showed up to every single practice, and after he got hurt, he said, you know what, screw this team. Why am I going to put myself at risk when I'm not getting paid for my talent? So now you have John Harbaugh speaking up. John, if you were going to speak up and you were going to say that Lamar Jackson was going to be here and you're 200% sure. You better hope it's not franchised because he will not play this year. He will not. And you should have spoke up to the organization and told the organization, pay the man. What it shows me is there's no gratitude to this organization for the guy that's put himself out there. And he is the franchise. This franchise who overpaid, and I I know Roquan Smith is a great linebacker. How do you pay a linebacker that you traded for at the trade deadline who wasn't even your guy? And you pay him the second most money a linebacker has ever made in NFL history to a guy that just played a couple of games, a few games on your team. And you have Lamar Jackson dangling around, which, by the way, without Lamar Jackson, cost you a playoff game and maybe a run at a Super Bowl. Does that make sense? How could Baltimore pay somebody that is not their guy? You drafted this guy. You built your team around this guy. You built your offensive line around this guy. And you won't pay him. Now all of a sudden you're going to pay him? Why? Because he's bitching and moaning and he wants to be out of here? He's twittered, whatever you call it, tweeted. He's TikTok. He's done everything. Telling the organization that he wants out if you're not willing to pay. Now all of a sudden you're going to pay him? It's disgraceful. Baltimore cost them chance, their chance to make a run at the playoffs because of this this year. And now you're going to go into the offseason. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, woulda, whatever you want to say it. You're going to give him the money, which you should have given him last year. And maybe he would have... You know, played in that game against the Bengals. And by the way, if he played in that game, I said it yesterday, they win that game. And they don't just win the game. They destroy the Bengals. 
because the Bengals had problems stopping Huntley. Could you imagine if Lamar Jackson was playing? He's like eight times faster than Huntley. He's got a better arm than Huntley. And I'm sure the Bengals would fear him more than they feared him. Huntley was the reason why they lost the game. And the dumb play calling. Oh, yeah. Uh, terrible clock management. John Harbaugh had an episode of Jason Garrett for about a minute. I don't know what's going to happen in the offseason. But if I was Lamar Jackson, and obviously he doesn't have an agent. He is his own agent. I would look elsewhere. I would not stay there with the, the Baltimore Ravens. They have not given him a wide receiver. They have actually traded a wide receiver in the offseason. Gave him practically to Arizona for nothing. Nothing. So that pissed him off in the offseason. Hollywood Brown went all the way to Arizona. You start a rookie who couldn't play his first year. He was a first-round draft pick. You start him. He couldn't stay healthy all season long. They're running games. Obviously, they've, they, they, they lost a running back. They gained a running back. They lost a running back. They signed a running back. They couldn't stay healthy. And this offensive line, which, by the way, traded another offensive lineman two years ago. Thank you to, uh, I guess, the GM and uh, ownership and coaching. They traded away Brown. He goes all the way to Kansas City and put Lamar Jackson even at more risk of getting hurt. Not to mention Ronnie Stanley has also missed most of last year and most of this year, too, as their bookend left tackle. And besides Kevin Zeitler, though, they brought in, they haven't really done a great job replacing the rest of the line. Kevin Zeitler. Yeah, exactly. The same Kevin Zeitler that played for the Giants. That's right. And for the Bengals and for a bunch of other teams. The Browns. The Browns, yep. So, yeah, that's the guy that you're trying to patch your offensive line with when Ronnie Stanley's been dealing with injury issues. Good luck. So, there's two definitely extreme measures that I think that Lamar Jackson's uh, quota is going to have here. One, the Ravens are going to have to give him close to almost all guaranteed money if there's any shot. If, I, stay if I were the Ravens, I'm paying him $45 million. Yeah. Either way, Make the, him happy. the percentage of the contract is going to have to be probably 80 to 90% guaranteed money mm-hmm. at this point because Lamar Jackson is not going to stay there otherwise. Or the coaching staff is going to get a major overhaul, and that might include John Harbaugh. You were saying at the beginning of the season you thought John Harbaugh was on the hot seat. I, I still do. And maybe— This might be the last year that yeah. you see John Harbaugh there. Maybe this is the ultimatum. Maybe he thinks, okay, John Harbaugh has not done a good job of helping me. He fixed the offense for me in the beginning of my career. I won an MVP. Since then, all it does, is, all he's done has gotten hurt, and the Ravens have not done well at drafting wide receivers, and maybe that's on the ownership, too. Maybe they've not evolved. We were talking about that with the Packers a lot. They've been sticking to the ways that have worked for them for years, and all of a sudden it's falling apart in a league. You need more wide receivers, and they're stubborn to draft one early. They're stu- they drafted Hollywood Brown, yes, in the first round. That was it. They really haven't done a good job of trying to pursue targets that are not veteran wide receivers either. So that's one of the other things. And maybe Greg Roman is the first piece of the puzzle that will fall with this coaching staff. John Suggs says because it's Baltimore, LOL, he don't have to sign a franchise tag. And if they let him walk, they will be saving $47.5 million. Now tell me what they can get for that. Absolutely nothing. What are they going to get for $47.5 million? One, is Derek Carr going to go over there when he has no wide receiver? Right. No, he's not going there. Is Aaron Rodgers going over there with no wide receivers? He could stay in Green Bay. That would be a no. Would Tom Brady go over there to Baltimore? And we all know he doesn't like John Harbaugh. Yeah. We all know about, uh, what do they call that? Uh, 
was it uh, Deflate Gate? <laughs> Thank you to John Harbaugh. He's not going over there. Jimmy Garoppolo will definitely not go over there. So who are they going to bring in for $47.5 million? The answer is tick-tock, tick-tock. No one. Maybe start with the two wide receivers. There, Nobody. And then maybe you can get a quarterback after that. Nobody is going to go over there and play for the Baltimore Ravens with no wide receivers and no weapons on the outside. They're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And you're going to say, well, Mark Andrews? Mark Andrews is a tight end. That's what he is. They tried to use him as a wide receiver in that game against the Bengals. And let me tell you, whoever was calling the plays is an absolute idiot. And why not? They mm-hmm. fired him. Mm-hmm. How do you put a tight end on the outside and it shows you the depth of this team and really where this team is? Why would Lamar want to go back there? And you're saying let him go? Is that, is that what you're saying, John? If you're saying let Lamar go, by all means do that because it sets your team back. First of all, you're drafting in the 20s. You're, you made the playoffs. You're drafting in the 20s, so you're not getting a quarterback. Not this year. So you're pretty much going into the season next year with Huntley. Are you going to win with Huntley? I, I, you almost won against the Bengals. You were very lucky this year because everything fell right because Lamar Jackson played about 75% of the games until week 12 or 13. Right. And the other two games, they squeaked by the Steelers and the Broncos. I mean, there's a lot You're not squeaking by the Steelers next year. They have money. And they're, they're, they're a team in the rise. And Mike Tomlin, again this year, played, you know, got this team to play hard for him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and John Harbaugh, this is the problem for John. The team, I think he's losing the locker room. I do. He's been there a long time. He's not a player's coach. I think he's very well, well respected, as, as far as I know, as a coach in that organization. But if Lamar Jackson don't like him, if Lamar Jackson don't believe in him, why would the organization, if they decide to sign him, keep John Harbaugh there if they lose this season without any wide receiver help? Mm-hmm. There's a difference of talent and identity, too. And the Ravens really have not evolved to that, too, whether it's Eric DaCosta, their new GM, or the front office, or the uh, ownership just trying to shift those says, defensive values. By the way, I'm sorry to cut you off. Got John th- says, no, I'm, sa- I'm not saying let him go. Uh, I'm saying by letting... The best QB that's been there ever, basically, basically, to just save $47 million is stupid and tell me what draft picks they have. I, okay, so I, I didn't get what you were saying. So you're pretty much saying they should give him and pay the man, and, and they should. They should. But even if they pay the man, does he want to be there? Honestly? Everything that I've wet, read, I said wet, but everything I've read, and by the way, I'm sucking logic or lo- um, what do they call them? Um, menthol cough drops, okay? Because uh, my throat and I'm always coughing. So uh, excuse me if, I, if I'm tripping on some of my words tonight. Right now, if I was Lamar Jackson, I don't want to be there. The organization is really put money into the defense and not put any money into the offense. What money have they put in to the offensive line? Just Stanley, that's it, and Ziegler. <laughs> Nothing. What have they put in when it comes to the wide receivers? Yikes. Nothing. What have they put in when it comes to the running backs? Uh, J.K. Dobbins right now is still still under his regular contract. Right. He's, not, he's not getting paid a lot of money. What are they going to do when he becomes a free agent? They're going to let him go. Mm-hmm. Another one that was frustrated with the play calling, too, by the way. 
Where are they going to go in the offseason? Who is available? There is no wide receivers. We were talking uh, early this week about Hopkins. He'll be available. There, There's numerous amount of teams interested in DeAndre Hopkins. Tennessee, the Giants, there's a load of teams. You Do you think the Baltimore Ravens are going to outspend or outpay DeAndre Hopkins if they trade for him? They're not because after you trade for him, you have to renegotiate his deal. And do the Ravens really want to go down that road again? How many good veteran wide receivers have they have failed when they've gone have come over there? Outside of Steve Smith, pretty much all of them. And Bolden. And Bolden, too. Yeah, right, right, right. But they've done this path a lot because they can't develop it themselves, and that's a big issue. The, the interesting part of the whole Lamar Jackson thing really situates and settles to one man and one man only, and that's Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson wants to be there, Lamar Jackson will stay there. He er, he's earned the money. And yeah. after watching Baltimore get eliminated the way they got eliminated against the Bengals, and by the way, the Bengals played like garbage. Yeah. They played like garbage. And I don't want to hear that the Baltimore defense was so fantastic. They weren't. They weren't. There was nothing that stood out to me in that game that say, oh my God, the, the Bengals just completely got shut down. Joe Burrow looked horrible in the game. He did. Couldn't make the throws. Uh, Jamar Chase dropped a lot of clutch balls when he needed to. They didn't throw the ball to T. Higgins enough. And this guy has been their best wide receiver all season long. I I didn't understand the offensive play calling. If anything, the Bengals should fire their offensive coordinator at the end of the season as well. That's their head coach. So So fire him if they, they don't squeak out of this game against the Buffalo Bills. What I do know... And what I have seen about Lamar Jackson is he's earned every single penny he's asking for. And if Kyler Murray's getting it, if Aaron Rodgers is getting it, and every one of these quarterbacks, these elite quarterbacks, quote-unquote, are getting it, and you know the team is built around him, pay the man. And if, if you didn't pay him now and he doesn't respect you enough to stay there, let him go. Trade him. And let it get the most you possibly can for him. I don't know where you're going to go at quarterback because nobody's going to want to play there. There is no weapons. There is none. Mark Andrews is a good player. He's one weapon. He's a tight end. And if you're going to run your offense through your tight end, and I don't want to hear Kansas City, okay? Because, yes, Travis Kelsey is probably the best tight end in football. They've got a lot of other weapons. And there's a big difference between Andy Reid and literally every other offensive coordinator in the league. They have a lot <laughs> of other weapons that they can use in this offense to be successful. Baltimore, zilch. And that's the problem. And why did they stop running the ball in the second half? Only only coaching A.K. John Harbaugh in their offensive corner, and they had to drop the hammer on somebody, so why not drop it on the offensive corner? Mm-hmm. And and they'll after this... It will be dropped on John Harbaugh if this happens again. When we come back, we will be talking to Elite Sports, NY, NFL, and Giants writer Ryan Honey here on the Sports Loudmouths. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths. Six three one. 672-3108 is the number to call. You're listening to the Sports Lab. I'm your host, Sarah Marks. My co-host, Speeder. I need to go to the bathroom, Peter. Check out our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. 
Check out all our shows, the Sports Loudmouths, which airs every single Wednesday live at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Three-hour show. Great guests. Great content, as always, in all the shows throughout our network. It is live. They are not podcasts. So you can tune in and actually call the shows. So definitely call us up. 631-672-3108. I will say this before we get into our guest. New York Hockey this last two games against Boston has been absolutely horrible. The Boston Bruins knocked off the Islanders yesterday 4-1 to and knocked off the Rangers 3-1 to tonight. So out, shout out to all New York hockey how garbage it has played against the Boston Bruins this week. Now, our very special guest, a fan of the show, a friend of the show, and a very big New York Giants writer. We are now talking to Elite Sports, NY, NFL, and Giants writer, Ryan Honey. Ryan, what's up, man? Guys, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. Can you guys hear me fine? Is this good? Yeah, that's good, man. We got you, cool, Ryan. Cool, cool. Got, we got thunderstorms here in tri-state area. So where, where are you, was where like are you located spotty, right now? I'm in uh, Upper East Side, Manhattan. Oh, okay. I, um, Ryan, yeah. Ryan Hickey's up uh, on the Upper East Side, so... And, and we're probably going to be hit with some rain. We were hit with rain earlier today. It'll be on and off for the next two days, I'm hearing, Thursday and Friday. Oh, so. yeah. So oh, uh, yeah. we need it. Oh. I think we need cold, okay? <laughs> it's winter, and it feels don't. like spring, okay? It's it's horrible. It's ridiculous, yeah. It's like it was like 51, I think, yesterday. It's, like rid- it's January 18th. It's like. the middle of – it's the middle – well, it's it's really – I would say, you know, a month and a half into the winter, and we're usually we, we see a little bit of snow. Uh, it's like 20-degree weather. No, it's 50 yeah. degrees, 60 degrees. I you know. see people walking outside without coats, you know, dancing around in the streets. You know, great. Great to New Yorkers. Thank you. Errol liked exactly. when he was the only one doing that, walking out without a coat. And well, <laughs> hold on one second. It, it doesn't matter if it's 20 or 15 degrees. I, I'm usually out there with wife beater, shorts, and flip-flops. I, I don't see the cold out here to be cold. And over the last couple of weeks, I mean, 30-degree weather is like spring weather to me. I, I don't think it's that cold. So I actually In mid-January, love yes, that is spring weather. Yeah. Anyways, we had a lot yeah. to talk to you about with the New York Giants. Before we do that, how's everything going, man? We haven't spoken to you in a couple of months. Uh, how are you feeling? Yeah. How's your family doing uh, with – Everything that's gone on with COVID, flu, and all the crazy mm. stuff. Hey, life is good. I mean, Giants are good, so that's always a good thing. My bets are not, so oh. that's that's basically how life goes. But, uh, yeah, things are great. I mean, last time we spoke, I think we're, they're coming off the big win over Baltimore, mm-hmm. and now they're – one get they've gone from you know the underdog team to now a lot of people thought they could win in Minnesota they did and now I'm seeing oh I feel like oh I feel like there's a good energy around this team right now I I, I don't know I, I I was going into the week thinking no one's gonna think that the Giants are beating the Eagles I think people are rallying around this team and I'm one of them I think they could go into Philly and beat this team. I'm not saying it's going to be a blowout. Absolutely not because Philly's no. good. But I think the Giants have become one of those teams where I, I Joe Beningo said this on the fan earlier this week. They've gone from a good story to a team that can make some noise. Um, and I think you're starting to see that over the last couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, I mean, life is good. Giants are good. Everything's good. So can't complain. We are talking to Elite Sports, NY NFL Giants writer Ryan. Honey, okay. Now, 
I everybody here knows I'm a Jet fan. I try to keep it to myself because I'm a radio show host, and I don't want anybody to think that I'm paying or playing favorites. Okay, even though everybody thinks I am, I I don't like the Giants, but I don't hate the Giants. I love Daniel Jones. I've always liked Daniel Jones. Anybody that knows me, when the Giants drafted him and Gettleman was taking getting beaten up, I said in five or six years. People are going to say that Daniel Jones is the best quarterback in this class. This year has over 3,000 yards throwing, 600 yards running. Only two other quarterbacks in the NFL has done that. He did something in the playoffs that really no quarterback has ever done. Uh, Two touchdowns, uh, 300 yards, and 76 yards run, and he actually won the game. That's something that uh, obviously a quarterback's never done in NFL history. So these are all things that stand out. Dable, to me – in my opinion, is coach of the year. No talent whatsoever. And let's be honest. I know you're a Giants guy. I know you're a Giants fan. Besides Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and maybe Dexter Lawrence, and maybe we think Thibodeau is a player, that's all they have. There's, they're, they're really just you know glued together, that team. Uh, the secondary is glued together. Uh, Janoris Jackson, come on, is he a number one guy? He's not even a number three guy on the Jets. Okay? So... <laughs> I, I, they're, they're, and they played eight DBs, which was very interesting. And I, I, the game plan by Wink Martindale was fantastic. And I think that's what really threw off Justin Jefferson. And, and they had to depend a little bit more on you know other guys, and um, which probably cost the Minnesota Vikings a chance of winning the game. But what are your thoughts going into a game this weekend? I know you said uh, you're, you're still... You still believe this team has a chance. What are your thoughts going into a game in an Eagles-Philadelphia stadium that's going to be very, very loud, uh, very entertaining to all the Giant fans that will probably show up to the game? And the Mm. fact that Jalen Hurts came out and said that he believes he's 80% healthy going into the game. What are your thoughts to that when you heard Jalen Hurts say that? It's tough to overlook the amount of talent that Philly has. But you also can't forget, you know, as you said, Jalen Hurts is dealing with his shoulder injury. A couple, two weeks ago, this Giants team lost to the Eagles by six. And the Giants had Davis Webb under center and the Eagles are fighting for the number one seed. Um, it's It comes down to the fact that the, the Eagles are banged up right now. Jalen Hurts is banged up. And the Giants are playing the best football they've played all year. I mean, they this team had a six and one start. Then they had a little bit of a slump. They had the loss to Detroit, uh, Dallas. Uh, tied Washington, this team between the Colts game that clinched them the playoff and then this game against Minnesota and even against Philly, as I just said, with the backups in place, not even the third string practice squad quarterback in place. This team is playing red hot. They've had this secondary is getting healthier. Dory Jackson's back. Xavier McKinney's back. And I think that played a big difference in limiting uh, Justin Jefferson in the win last week. This receiving corps, not so much the entire receiving corps, but it's it, Isaiah Hodgins is coming together. I mean, the the chemistry you see from Jones to Hodgins, that is um, that's formulating really well. I mean, this is a receiving corpus that we had question marks about all year, and it seems like at least for this playoff run, they found their guy in Isaiah Hodgins. And with Daniel Jones, I mean, it's take away the numbers from the season or from the Vikings game. Just take away the numbers. Just do the eye test with Daniel Jones. He just looks so much more comfortable, confident, and poised than he's ever had before. I know you brought up the Jets before. I compared it to Zach Wilson. Daniel Jones oh, please, has made it look easier. Don't bring up Zach Wilson <laughs> on this show. 
until next year. Until next year while he's sitting on the bench when either Derek Carr (laughs) or Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback and the starting quarterback for this organization. Yeah. Please. I don't want to hear Zach Wilson. Don't compare Daniel Jones (laughs) to Zach Wilson. There is no comparison, no closeness to both organizations when it comes to quarterback play because – the Giants actually have a quarterback that they can build with, and the Jets don't even know where they are at the quarterback position. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Because Daniel Jones looks like he's just getting more com- confident and more comfortable uh, than he has been, than he was the first three years of his career. Meanwhile, Zach's making it look like Which is crazy, right? Like the hardest job ever. Which is crazy, right? It's- because when you look at the Jets, their talent is endless. They have more talent oh, yeah. than the Giants could ever wish they had. And if mm-hmm. Daniel Jones had the Jets' talent – they go all the way to the Super Bowl this year. It's not even a question. So it, it just it's crazy what a quarterback can do and how they can tra- change the outlining of where the team is going to go. So going mm-hmm. into this game, and I, I, by the way, we are talking to Elite Sports NY NFL Giants writer Ryan Honey. We're going to go into this game. There is it's it's very rare that a team in the same division beats the other team three times in a year. That's where mm-hmm. I think the Giants might have the advantage in this game. Not talent, not the quarterback play, because I still think Jalen Hurts had a better season uh, than Daniel Jones. They're kind of even, but I like I like Jalen Hurts a little bit better. But he's not healthy, and Daniel Jones is. What really stands mm-hmm. out is the Philadelphia Eagles, push it or not, they won both games. Now they're going into the playoffs. They are limping into the playoffs, even though they got the first week off. The Giants have the confidence, and the Eagles, let's be honest, are going into a game where they think this is a four-and-out conclusion that they're going to win. So what are your mm-hmm. thoughts to that, that the Giants could actually be one of very few teams to lose three games against the same team in your division? I think it's only happened like two times. Philly is a more talented team. Philly's a better team. Philly has the better quarterback. Philly has the better roster. I think the Giants are in a better spot right now. The way they've been playing as of late and because of the injuries the Eagles have been dealing with as of late. I mean, you take, obviously, and I totally agree with you. Jalen Hurts was a better quarterback than Daniel Jones this year. I mean, Jalen Hurts was an MVP candidate before the injury. He should have won the MVP. Yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones, listen, Daniel Jones had a great season and Daniel Jones should get the contract extension, but Daniel Jones wasn't an MVP candidate. Jalen Hurts was. Um, so, but I think the giants are in a better situation with this game because they're coming into this game with the momentum that they've had the last couple of weeks. And uh, as you said, it's so tough to be, it's, it's tough to beat a team twice in the same season, try three times. And we've seen this happen before. We've seen these number one playoff seeds crumble in their, in the divisional round when they're coming off the first round by. You know, they, they, they're a little out of rhythm because they had the week of rest. They had the week off. And even when the Eagles were playing their starters two weeks ago, as I said before, they only beat the Giants by six. They only beat Davis Webb by six. They're not the, – the Eagles right now are not the team they were 10, 11 weeks ago. And the Giants are better than the team they were 10, 11 weeks ago. So I think the Giants, for this specific game, Saturday night, I think they're in the better situation, even, the, even though they're on the road – in that hostile Philly environment. I think the Giants can win this game solely based off of the fact that they're in the better situation than the division rivals. So, so I want to go back to the uh, the defenses, particularly Wink Martindale, because he's a guy that's normally known to blitz, but the, the Giants did a good job, I think, actually just trusting the four-man rush, especially with how well the interior played in this game. And like you were saying, they played a lot with seven DBs and a lot of rookies mm-hmm. really standing out on that defense. So you think the approach is very similar to, against the Eagles, or do you think they got to start mixing it up with those blitzes again? 
I think they got to start mixing it up because at the same time, you know, you're going against a you're going against a different type of quarterback. You know, Kirk Cousins obviously is not the dual threat quarterback that Jalen Hurts is. So I think you need to there they they have to have a big all the investments that they have made in the defensive line and the pass rush the last couple of years, whether it was Joe Shane doing it, whether it was Dave Gettleman doing it beforehand, that pass rush needs to come together Saturday because Jalen Hurts will dial it up if he has the time in the pocket, especially with the receivers he has alongside him and Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Goddard. They cannot give him time. So while I think the Giants need to uh, put, you know, as you said, seven defensive backs out there, they need to they need to bring the hit production out of Thibodeau, Ojolari if he's healthy, uh, he's questionable with the quad injury, obviously. Dexter, Leonard Williams, they need to get production out of that front seven, and they need to disrupt Jalen Hurts' timing, and they need to disrupt the pocket, or else if he has time, he will dial it up more ways than one. I don't care if he has a shoulder injury. He's that talented where he can do that. So they absolutely need to They absolutely need to mix it up. They're going against a better offense than Minnesota. They're going against one of the better offense that they've faced all year. Wink Martindale, if there is a week – for, if there's a game for Wink Martindale to be indecisive, for to be a little bit indecisive, a little bit unpredictable, this is the game to do it. He's got to bring multiple sets against the Seals offense. We are talking to Elite Sports NY NFL Giants writer Ryan Honey. I would agree with you, and this is the best offensive line in football. Johnson will be back this week. Uh, they're going to dial up every kind of blitz package you possibly could see. Wink is all about those blitz packages, and and you've seen on third downs what they did to Justin Jefferson. They brought eight DBs or seven DBs on the field. They made sure that they had the coverage that they had in the open field, especially zoning the wide receivers. It didn't work on Hawkinson, but it worked on Justin Jefferson. Only had like 45 yards throughout the game at seven receptions. Definitely a different kind of game plan. Uh, This game plan is going to be a little bit more interesting because you have A.J. Brown, who is beastly. They have Smith, who really... Last year showed what he can do, but now his second year this year has the opportunity to really take his game to another level in the playoffs. And they have one of the best running games in all of football. So the Giants are going to have to figure out what would be better to stop. Do we stop the running game and make them become one-dimensional and try to cover it as best as we can? Or knock off one of the big wide receivers, make Smith try to beat us in a game of, you know, Cat and cat and mouse. So what are your thoughts on that situation and where the Giants go with Wink Martindale and how he's going to run his defense? Yeah. Um, so like I said before, bringing the pressure is going to be a big thing, but they also need to take out the run. I mean, if you look at the first meeting between these teams, I think the Eagles had four rushing touchdowns. Miles Sanders had over 140 yards. I mean, you have to take out, and then obviously you have Boston Scott who has scored what? 27 touchdowns against the Giants Mm -hmm. in six games. It seems like they need to take out that portion of the offense as well because they need to – obviously, Hurts is very talented, but he's young. He's inexperienced. He will make mistakes. He'll throw picks just like Daniel Jones has if he gets pressured. So they need to take out the run first and foremost, and then they need to bring the heat on passing downs because if they don't, it's going to be a long night. And they need to get – and the number one thing, they need to get off the field. They cannot succumb to these long when they're when the Giants defense is on the field. They cannot succumb to these long drives that uh, is going to tire out the entire off. Because if you look at their rankings with run defense, the Giants were one of the worst run defending teams in the league this year. You need to take out that, and the Eagles are going to try to exploit that. You need to take that out. You need to take out the run game. Force hurts to beat you through the air, and when that happens, you bring the heat. 
Um, you know, throw in, if you're Martindale, throw in different sets, be a little bit unpredictable, as I said, uh, and go from there. But the number one thing, they got to get off the field on third down. And they've been good at that for much of the year. They got to continue that on Saturday night. So the Eagles secondary, obviously being a huge strength with Slay and Bradbury and uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson now coming back. And the Giants receiving core, like we mentioned, not a big strength on paper for them. So what do you think are the best ways to try to exploit that and maybe win some matchup advantage just coaching-wise? Yeah, play action. Play action in a lot of Isaiah Hodgins, really. I mean, they're going to be biting on the run a lot because obviously Saquon is still a huge part of this offense and has been this entire year. Uh, They're going to be game planning towards him. You got to utilize the play action, especially on heavy passing down, especially on third down. I think the Giants have done a great job with that as of late. Daniel Jones and Isaiah Hodgins need to maintain this chemistry that they've built over the last month and a half. I mean, Hodgins went from a waiver wire pickup no one ever heard of to now he's scoring four. He's scoring touchdowns in four of the last five games, had a 105-yard day against Minnesota. They need to get him involved. It's obvious he's become Daniel Jones' number one target. He's more consistent than Richie James, as well as Darius Slayton. They need to get him involved. So they need to utilize the play action, get this defense to bite on the run. They got to take advantage of the defense from there. Hodgins has to have a big game. I hear you keep saying Isaiah Hodgins, and and it's great that you guys think Hodgins is the number one guy, and he's got so much great chemistry with uh, Daniel Jones. They played Mm -hmm. the Minnesota Vikings secondary, (laughs) okay? This isn't... This isn't the Eagles secondary, which probably was ranked second or third throughout the league when it comes to stops when healthy. They have one of the best uh, intercepting guys this year in, in Johnson, who, who played fantastic before he got hurt. You have Darius Slay, who shut down Justin Jefferson by himself this year. Okay, mm-hmm. This isn't the same secondary you played against Minnesota. So... I know you like Hodgins. I know Giant fans are like, wow, this guy's a real deal. We've got something here. <laughs> Come on, guys. He, he's Isaiah Hodgins. He's a waiver guy. He's like Mike White with the Jets. I, tell, I, I spoke about Mike White all year. Oh, we found a franchise. Five times waived by the Jets. Two times waived by the, <laughs> the Cowboys. Give me a break. True. This guy is no good. I'm not saying Isaiah Hodgins hasn't played well. Do not, I repeat, if you think Isaiah Hodgins is going to do what he did against Minnesota, boy, oh boy, and I love you, Ryan, you guys are (laughs) going to be very upset when he puts up numbers like 30 yards in this game and he doesn't sniff a chance to get a touchdown. If, if, first of all, if the Eagles secondary is allowing Kenny Galladay one-handed touchdown catches, (laughs) I think anything's possible with Isaiah Hodgins. So... I think, no, no, but I hear what you're saying. I mean, it, it is definitely sort of like a Mike White case where there's one one or two good games. And I think that goes back to the fact that this franchise and these fan bases haven't seen much success, if at all, in the last five years. Oh, so once one player is like, has a great game, it's like, they're the franchise. Yeah. No, but I think, you know, obviously Isaiah Hodgins isn't a true number one in this league. But at the same time, what other option do the Giants have on a consistent basis? I mean, Darius Slayton's a nice player. Darius Slayton's had chemistry with Daniel Jones. I mean, they were the same rookie class. But, you know, is Darius Slayton going to be as consistent as as Isaiah Hodgins has been the last Month? I, I think, think he's so. been. I think so he's I think, been. I think he's been throughout the season more consistent. Hodgins was on the waiver wire. Slayton was doing it week in and week out. And I thought 
even though I, I think Darius Slayton's more of a three or a four on any other football team, he's played throughout the season as a number two guy. So could they use him next year as a number two guy? I don't see the Giants doing that. I think Slayton's a number three. Hodges will not be on this team next year. I can guarantee really? you he will not be on this team. Hodges will get attention in free agency. Really? He will get, yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. There are teams that there are various teams that would take a flyer on him. I mean, you can't have enough wide receiver talent. How much do you think he's going to get in the offseason? Oh, not a lot. (laughs) No, I'm not saying he's I'm not saying he's locking down Tyree kill money. I'm saying he's uh, he's a two million guy that he's a two million dollar player. At best, he's going to make about two million dollars. He's. That, say, that might be true, but at the same time, he's their best receiver right now. Right. So now. it's like, who else are you gonna, you know, are you gonna, who, are you gonna rely on Kenny Galladay as much as you rely on? No, him? no, I mean, no. Kenny Galladay. I, I could see the Giants in the offseason trying to trade a pick to try to get rid of Kenny Galladay's contract. Maybe they give up a third <laughs> round and get rid of that contract. They're not keeping Kenny Galladay, and if they do, I, you're, no, you're, they're ridiculous. You're totally right. He's all but he's all but out of East Rutherford. Yes. This year. Uh, but I, I think uh, there's Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be available in the offseason. Maybe they trade for him. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. they look at you know the waiver. Maybe some of these wide receivers are going to be dropped. There's not many on on the list this offseason. To find a number one, you really got to find him in the draft. The Giants are drafting in the twenties, so it, more than likely they're not going to get a number one guy over there. Maybe they get lucky. We've seen guys. Uh, we've mm-hmm. seen guys. Saint Brown. He was drafted in what the third round or whatever. He's become a star in the league. So you might get lucky and find somebody. But they haven't had a star wide receiver since Odell Beckham. And uh, they tried to bring mm-hmm. him back. Nobody knows what's going on with him if he's 100% healthy. But that's on another world. Maybe they maybe they bring Odell Beckham back next year. Who knows? I, I thought I thought of that a couple. I thought of that recently. Um, about like a month ago, I thought about it. If they would bring back Odell. Um, boy, oh boy. I don't, a, I don't know. If they had Odell Beckham on this roster right now, then I would say – uh, the Giants might have a chance because Oda Beckham is one of those guys that just, you know, he does these spectacular things. And he, he he can run routes that other people can. So mm-hmm. it, it makes sense that if Oda Beckham was on this roster right now, I could say maybe maybe the Giants, maybe I take a flyer on the Giants in this game. Yeah, but I no, I hear you. I thought I thought for a little bit like this. I didn't think the Giants were going to get Odell this season. I just didn't see it. I didn't think he was going to be healthy, and obviously he isn't, or else he'd be on the Cowboys right now, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought of it for a little bit, maybe in the this coming offseason, they try to bring back Odell on a reasonable deal and also try to draft a receiver in the first round. Um, because I think I think they could bring back Hodgins, but as you – like. Hodgins is their best option right now. That doesn't mean Hodgins is going to be their best option next year, obviously, because they still have a lot of moves to make in the, in, uh, the off season. But yeah, I thought for a little, like maybe Odell come back, but I don't know. I th- I'd have to see how they operate in free agency. I mean, that's something that would be, that would, that, that would take the city by storm. Oh, if yeah. Odell's back hundred percent. He wants to be back. Oh my God. He wants to be back. As, as everybody knows, we are talking to elite sports, NY NFL and giants writer, Ryan honey. So, an X factor, an under the radar player that you think on both sides of the ball will be key for them to be able to upset the Eagles. Offensive side of the ball, gotta be Andrew Thomas. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna go with Evan Neal on the offensive okay. side of the ball. Evan Neal struggled against Minnesota. He Philly's gonna attack him. He's gotta step up. That pocket needs to be clean for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones cannot be rushed into making mistakes and committing turnovers which we've seen, obviously we didn't see it as much this year, but we've seen it various times throughout his career. So 
Evan Neal has got to be rock solid at right tackle. They have to protect Daniel Jones. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think you got to go. I know I said a lot about the pass rush, but I think you got to go with Adoree Jackson. Um, I think he did a great job. I, I think he did a great job making adjustments against the Vikings because if you saw that opening drive for Minnesota when they went right down the field, pretty sure Jefferson had three, four catches on that drive alone. I'm watching the game like, oh, my, they're, they're going to crush Adoree Jackson the entire all 60 minutes. But the adjustments he made after that first drive to lock Jefferson down, he has to step up in that same type of way against Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Or else, or else, as I said before, Jalen Hurts is going to dial it up. So I think Odori Jackson is going to have to play a big role on Sunday. He's got a big matchup going against this receiving corps in this in this uh, talented quarterback in Hurts. Jackson's got to have a big game. I think if he does, that's going to be a deciding factor, at least on that side of the ball. Dexter Lawrence is fantastic. He's been their best all-around player to me all season long. He's been the most consistent. For anybody that took shots at Dave Gettleman saying that he didn't know what he was doing when it comes to drafting, a lot of these players have turned out to be pretty good. Thomas, uh, who I think is the mm. second best tackle in football this year, he was fantastic. Sa- Saquon Barkley, uh, even though he's fighting, uh, you know, health and stuff like that, I didn't think he was a third round draft pick. You never draft a running back at the, as a third. I mean, the third pick of the first round. But uh, I still think he's a fantastic talent. Daniel Jones, he was right about him. He he was dead on with Daniel Jones. There was a lot of, even Evan Ingram, who's now playing very well with Jacksonville. I think it was uh, maybe a little bit uh, of a mistake letting him go now that you see what he's doing with Jacksonville. But uh, it's amazing when you, you look at some of these players. But Dexter Lawrence, he's going to be asking for a lot of money this offseason. He's going to get it. If it's not from the Giants, it'll be from somebody else. What are your thoughts of the growth of Dexter Lawrence over the last couple of years uh, coming from Clemson and obviously being drafted by Gettleman and really just – doing the things that we expect a star defensive tackle to do in the big game on the biggest stage in the playoffs. Well, the thing I that is very key in his improvement is he's gone from just this, you know, average to maybe a bit above average run stuffer to now dual threat pass rusher. And that's huge. That's why Aaron Donald is so good. That's why Aaron Donald is so valuable. Now I'm not saying Dexter Lawrence is going to get the money that Aaron Donald makes, no. but you see that, that that you know next level of his game come to fruition this past season that pass rushing ability and that pass rushing aspect of his game which wasn't all that existed for the first couple of years and I think that's a big testament to Wink Martindale and his blitz heavy scheme it's helped get the most out of guys like Dexter Lawrence and Aziz and you know Ojolari when he's healthy and Thibodeau because it's so blitz heavy that they're able to show off those abilities that they may have not been able to show off in previous defensive schemes. So I think the Dexter Lawrence, his growth this year, he's gone from, as I said, an average run stuffer to he's, he's one of the better young defensive linemen in the NFL right now, if not the one of the best defensive linemen period in the NFL right now, at least this past season. And I think a lot of that has to do with the scheme. I think a lot of it has to do with coaching and, you know, those, those things unlocking the pass rushing abilities that Dexter Lawrence probably always had, but wasn't able to exactly unlock it under when he was playing for, say, James Betcher in 2019 or Patrick Graham the last couple of years. There's so a- I think the pass rushing abilities have been outstanding compared to what compared to what they were with Dexter Lawrence from 2019 to last year. There's a player that I've compared um, Dexter Lawrence to that I remember over the last, you know, 15 years. And I, I don't know if you remember him. He played for the Jets. He played for Carolina. Chris Jenkins is a guy that reminds me 
of Dexter Lawrence. Now, I don't know if he's as dominant so far. This year, he's been a dominant force. Chris Jenkins was a dominant force for like six years, seven years in the NFL mm. before he got hurt. Uh, he reminds me, his game, the terrifying game that he plays where he beats up the centers and the guards and he throws them around, that's the way Chris Jenkins played. So, mm. I, I, again, I think Dexter Lawrence talented. I don't know if he's Quinn Williams, but he's he's right there with some of the, the better defensive linemen in the league. He's moving on up to those guys. It took Quinn Williams a little bit to, to figure out his game and what he is as a player. I love what Dexter Lawrence is doing. So my question is yeah. about uh, the, the Daniel Jones running aspect of it because the Eagles are a lot like the 49ers where they're really a four-man rush and they play a lot of combo coverages, but they don't blitz a lot. Now they have Hassan Reddick who can move around as a linebacker, as a defensive end that could do that too. But uh, do you think the Giants will be able to have Daniel Jones designed runs the same way that they did against the Vikings, who I thought would do a better job stopping it the second time around with their five defensive linemen hybrid defenses? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, he's been running. He's been using his legs better than he ever has before. And obviously, we knew he was a. You know, he's not. He's not Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, but he's a mobile quarterback. And we've, you know, we've seen that throughout his throughout his years with the Giants. But it's coming to fruition. The running abilities that Daniel Jones has, we're seeing them a lot more this year. And that's again, that's a testament to Brian Dable and Mike Kafka uh, against Philly. I don't see how you how you can't design runs for him. He's one. If if it's not Saquon Barkley running the ball, it's him running the ball. It's not really Matt Breida. It's not so much Gary Brightwell. It's Daniel Jones. So that he they they need to absolutely design runs for him. They have to use his legs. They have to take advantage of the dual threat capabilities that he has. Because if you Jones has been great throwing the ball this year, but if you take out that entire running aspect and then the ability to for him to get outside the pocket and pick up eight yards on first down, like stuff like that goes a little bit unnoticed, but they're huge in the grand scheme of things. They can't take that out because that's how the Giants formulate drives with a limited offense in, in terms of talent. They keep drives alive by Jones getting outside the pocket, using his legs effectively when he needs to. So I think if they, I think Dable's scheming up, probably scheming up design runs as we speak right now. They have to, they have to take advantage of that aspect that Daniel Jones provides or it's it's not gonna if they force him to throw fifty times on Saturday night, it's not gonna turn out well because he'll make a mistake at some point. I know he's been great this year, but if you ask Daniel Jones to throw fifty times, he's probably gonna make a mistake at some point. So you have to you have to also use that um, level of his game against this defense. We are talking to Elite Sports, New York NFL and Giants writer Ryan Honey. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. My last question for you is very pr- pretty simple. You you look into the offseason, Giants win or lose, uh, they can make a run. Uh, it could very much happen. Uh, we've seen the Giants as a wild card team um, go all the way. We, we've seen it twice with Eli Manning. Heck, it could happen this year. They have the coach. They have the uh, momentum. If the Giants don't make it, where do you see and what do you see the Giants doing in the offseason to make this team that much better? Yeah, they got to go receiver. I mean, I think regardless of where they finish in the draft, whether it's, you know, the spot they're at now or number 32, or I think 31, I think the Dolphins don't have their pick. Whatever it is, if they, regardless of where they finish, they got to go receiver because they still, at the same time, they they could win it all this year. They still don't have a lot of talent at that position. They need to, and if they're going to lock in Daniel Jones for another couple of years, whether if they're going to 
sign him to an extension. They need to get him weapons. It can't just be Saquon. It can't just be Daniel Bellinger here and there. It can't just be, you know, Isaiah Hodgins having, you know, this run that he's on right now, but there's not, other receivers aren't doing too much. They need to get receivers in that building. So I think, as I said before, I thought Odell was an option. Maybe he still is. And I still, and I think a receiver in the first round is also an option. Uh, I think that's definitely a position they have to target. And I think cornerback is also another position they have to target. Odori Jackson's got one more year left on his deal. Uh, and that other cornerback spot, Fabian Moreau, has been great this year, but who knows if he's a long-term answer. Same goes with guys like Cordell Flott or Aaron Robinson. They need to beef up the secondary because the depth in that secondary is not ideal. The starters in that secondary aren't always ideal. So I think if there are two positions they are going to target, it's got to be wide receiver and cornerback, which is crazy to me because four months ago, five months ago, we were sure that it was going to be quarterback first round. We didn't, you know, at least I didn't think Daniel Jones was going to pan out and they were going to have to reset this whole draft and develop type of thing. But wide receiver and cornerback, those are the, and especially in a passing league, those are two highly valuable, important positions. They have to target those, whether it's in free agency and or early in the draft. Those are the two spots they got to address. All right. My last question, just very simple. Your score pick, realistic score pick. Who do you think wins? What is the score? Go ahead, say it. I'm waiting for it. 24-23, Giants. Oh, one point game. Yeah. You're a giant I guy. I saw, I, I saw Mike Florio make the same exact score, so I think I'm okay. Um, I think <laughs> I have some. I think, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think usually if it's, if I try to do a score prediction, I try to make it uh field goal heavy because I know that off that offense that team can rely on Graham Gano at times. Um but I'm thinking Giants find the end zone a couple of times. I think Daniel has a big game. I I, I can see Saquon finding the end zone once or twice. I I, I gotta go 24-23. I really think as I said it's not gonna be a blowout. It's gonna be a fantastic divisional playoff game. But I think the Giants are just with injuries and you the way they're never playing. I think the Giants, the Giants are in a better spot. You're not going to bet against the Giants. I knew you. Would. That's all right. I, I listen, Maybe. confidence. I, I I usually do, but I mean, right now with the way they're playing, how could I how could I bet against them now? Uh, you know, so. I mean, listen. I I love that there are two New York teams still there. I, I, I don't want to see the Giants win a Super Bowl again. Everything fell together for the Giants. It was an easy schedule for them the, this year, but mm-hmm. you can only you can only beat who's on your schedule. It worked out for them, and they could make a run. Anything's possible. It is playoff football, and some teams just don't show up to the games, And as well as I think the Cowboys mm-hmm. could shock the world and knock off the 49ers this week. I really do. If they play like they did against Tampa, uh, they're going to cause a lot <laughs> of problems for Brock Purdy. I don't think they Brock could beat Purdy— anybody. Yeah, I don't think Brock Purdy is as big and good as everybody thinks he is, okay? And I, I don't think he's beaten yeah. anybody good. So when he goes out there and starts to beat good teams, then we can talk about Brock Purdy. Until then, I don't want to yeah. hear it. But uh, we really appreciate you, Ryan. Keep up the good work. Uh, we will be, uh, you know, obviously reading what you're putting out there. And uh, we'll have you on soon uh, in the off season. We'll talk about the combine and where the Giants go in the draft and free agency. Mm. Really appreciate all your time, man. Cool. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. Absolutely. Ryan Honey, fantastic. Knows his uh, Giants football. He has the Giants. 24-23. 24-23. I've got – I'm not going to tell you my picks until uh, Derek comes on, but I, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. It's hard to pick against the Eagles. I, I, I mean, the Eagles are that much talented. They're not Minnesota. 
Okay, I, Minnesota, they have a lack of talent defensively. These this Eagle team, they're good all around. They're special teams, their defense, their offense, their offensive line. I mean, and they're going into the game healthy. So <clears throat> my bet would be that the Eagles are going to pour it on early and the Giants are going to have to withstand the crowd. And if they could, it could be a fun, interesting game for the New York Giants. It really could. Mm -hmm. And if the Giants could go to the NFC title game, anything's possible. We've seen the Giants do it before. Yeah. Okay, anything's possible. Could you imagine the Giants playing in the Super Bowl this year? Mm. Uh, Daniel Jones, Dable's first year with really no talent. Could Mm -hmm. you imagine that? Right. And then they win. I mean, it's crazy. You make faces, but... Did anybody think in 2007 the Giants were going to be an undefeated Patriot team in the Super Bowl? No, not, no. At, not at that point. But again, the, the Giants in 2007 were like far ahead more talented than really? this How? team. Who? Every, every, every aspect Who? of it probably besides. Offense? The wide receivers? Who was it? Wide receivers was Burris and Amani Toomer. Oh, my God. Well, Bur- Burris, yes. And Amani Toomer. Amani Toomer. You know, at that time, he was, he was on his way out. Definitely the offensive line. I the offensive say. line was good. Okay, in 2011. 2011 was a little a little different because Victor Cruz. Yeah, the offense. Uh, Victor they have Victor Cruz and Hakeem Nix, which is better than this still. And the offensive is line. It? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I, I think Hakeem Nix was overrated. That's fine, but he still was rated. And where, Victor Cruz wasn't a star until that year. Well, no, no, I know Victor Cruz was the was a breakout that year. Hakeem Nix was still thought of as a. Low end number one, high end number two receiver. I mean, though, at that if you time. look at the wide receivers this year, they started to pick up at the end of the season. The Hodgins he was talking about, and obviously Slayton started playing very well, just like the Giants in 2011. So why couldn't they pull off? They didn't have a star wide receiver. They never did. Not when they won. Mario Manningham, I mean, he was another one right. who caught in 2011 that unbelievable catch in the, in the Super Bowl, which everybody reminds. You know, why couldn't the Giants do it this year? I'm not, again, I'm not a Giant fan. So, do I want to see the Giants win another Super Bowl? No, because I'm so sick and tired of listening to the Giant fan. And as a Jet fan, you know, it always comes to that, you know, when you watch what the Giants have done. And being that they're in an easy conference uh, and going all the way to the Super Bowl, that would piss off a Jet fan. That's for sure. But I'm not betting against the Giants, even though I think the Eagles, and I am an Eagles guy. I like the Eagles. Um, As I grew up a Donovan McNabb fan, um, I want to see the Eagles win, but I want to see it to be a fun game, and maybe the Giants put up, uh, you know, put up and, and shut everybody up. On it doesn't matter how much talent you have, if you have a quarterback and you, you can make plays in the open field, you can win. Now, I, I will say that the the defensive and offensive coordinators on this team are better than what they had. In, better coaching. What they had in two thousand eleven. I, co- I, I know Tom Coughlin's a great coach. If you want to say Tom. Tom, Co- I would say Dable is better than Tom Coughlin was in 2011. Okay, really? Yes. Okay, that's interesting. Who do we have calling? Uh, Jeff is calling. Um, we're still waiting on our second guest, Jeremy Mincy. I haven't mm-hmm. heard from you. Him, can put Jeff can on. Jeff on for now, I guess. Jeff, what's up, man? Can we talk for a minute about how everything the bees like sucks? <laughs> well, the Cowboys, the Rangers are going- just go down in flames. They oh. couldn't beat a Boston team that was on the second night of a back-to-back. Bergeron half a face and a backup goalie. And now the second part of it will be Brock Purdy. Big cock Brock is going to take down the Cowboys this weekend. What's up? (laughs) Well, I will say this. Uh, I didn't expect that game by the Boston Bruins. They had a sensational game. They shut down the Rangers offense. (laughs) And uh, Bergeron scored a goal, a very big goal in uh, the second period, I think it was. 
which gave them, uh, I think, a 2-1 lead. That was a 2 nothing lead at that 2-0 time. 2 nothing lead. So Bergeron, um, Bergeron put up the numbers. It, and you that's what you – when you look at a stars and guys – that you look forward to and, and watching and a captain. You need somebody that's going to put his body out there and put his – dude, he didn't have to play tonight. You, as a matter of fact, Jeff, at the end of the game yesterday, you said that he wasn't even going to play tonight. You probably thought they were going to sit him. And he played tonight. It would make the most sense. Yep. He still played in the game. He still scored a goal, and he was a big part defensively in this game. So it was a big win for the dude, the Bruins right now. Uh, what we have yeah, seen so Yeah, they're a wagon right now. There, there's nobody – Nobody looks like that they can beat this team in a seven-game series. But again, we've seen this before. We've seen teams, you know, play hot all season long, and they go into the playoffs, and they, they could fall apart. I don't think they will. But no, it's a whole different. It's a whole different season in the playoffs. The part that worries me with the Bruins is if you just go back to last year's playoffs. Allmark was terrible. He was their starting goalie. He was terrible in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they had to turn to Swayman, right? And Allmark is clearly their number one again. And you don't know how he's going to be in the playoffs. It's a whole new season. It's a whole day. Like, the game is totally different in the playoffs. If you were, and I, I said this to Speedy before the show, if you had a choice to keep Allmark or or Swayman and trade one of them, even with the season Allmark is having, who would you trade? Swayman. Uh, Swayman, really? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not even, it's not even close. Because Allmark... Uh, you know, he he didn't have the greatest season last year. He still had a very good season last year. He's having another good season this year. And he was also uh, – he also led the league in save percentage two years in a row with the Buffalo Sabres. Like, he's a good goalie. He's a really good goalie. Interesting. Under, I thought you were going to say Swayman, keep, and trade all Mark. You could get more back for him. No, you trade you trade Swayman and you, and you keep all Mark. Well, Swayman's all marks, all marks the better goalie. All marks the better. Yeah, I mean, not by much. It's not like they're five years. It's not like all. Yeah, I mean, it's not like all mark is thirty-five and Swayman's twenty. Like that's not what we're doing. Uh, how old is Swayman? Twenty. It's it. Tw- Swayman's twenty-four. All marks twenty-nine. I mean, that's a lot, man. That's a different. That's five years. It's is not. Five. It's not. You can play goalie. All mark can play goalie another six, seven years. All what right. are you gonna do? All right, that's that's my question. Um, so. I, I think uh, right now the, the the Boston Bruins are just unbeatable right now. They're here here was the big question. It was the big question because I watched it on the, the my hockey package, yep. so I was forced to listen to the Rangers broadcast. Yeah, nightmare. But even the Rangers broadcast was brought up an interesting point. Uh, Martian Hall of Famer or not? Yes, I would say so. Yes. Yeah, uh, li- li- yeah both, the- both Rangers, both Rangers announcers both said, oh, he's a Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah. I was surprised that they said that. A hundred percent. And a lot of people make it to the NHL Hall of Fame. We, the, the one person that I'm still surprised that's not in the NHL Hall of Fame, and I'll say it over and over and over again. Speedy, who would I always talk about? Rod Brindamore. Pierre Turgeon. Oh, Pierre Turgeon, yeah. Why isn't nah. Pierre? Pierre Turgeon's a 500-goal scorer, uh, over 1,000 points. Does he, he have 500 goals? 500 goals. Man. Yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, goals. then he should be in. He should, he be. should be in. How does the NHL not have this guy? You know, He's got over a th- what, 1,200 points. Uh, he played uh, 15 years of hockey. He's had a couple of 40, 50-goal seasons. I mean, this guy is a Hall of Famer. Why he's not in the Hall of Fame makes no sense whatsoever. So... The NHL needs to figure that out because I should write a I should write a letter to the Hall of Fame. Thirteen twenty seven points. I, I mean, it's ridiculous. He's a Hall of Famer. How many guys that has thir- over thirteen hundred points are not in the Hall of Fame? The answer is yeah, I don't know. None. Yeah, I don't know. None. None. 
So that's the difference. How many points does um, Sidney Crosby have, Speedy? I'm trying to find that out now. Just look that up. Sidney Crosby has how many points? How many years has he played in the 1461, league? 1461. He's played 19 years in the league. Okay. How and many years did Pierre Turgeon play? Pierre Turgeon from a 20 year, 21 year career, 1327. Okay. So. So Sidney Crosby played two years less, and this guy is one of the greatest hockey players of this era, okay? And he only has, what, 60, 70 more points than Pierre well, no, it's over. it's over 100. Okay, it's, 100 it's, points. It's 100. That's still not a lot for a guy. It's not for a guy that is, is one of the greatest no, players. So one of the yeah, greatest I players. Mean, Go ahead. Yeah, it's Mark. He 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 deserves to be in there. I didn't think he had, I didn't think he had as many goals as he did, but, yeah, I mean, he deserves to be in there. But, yeah, like – I'm impressed. Uh, Martian's starting to get some credit for the player that he actually is. A lot for a long time, people had just ignored it because he was just a a rat, and I loved it. But you know, he's getting credit for the for the player that he is. And I and I want to say this, and this is coming from an Islander fan. The Islanders at losing another game in overtime against a team that they're better than. It is embarrassing. Okay, who do they play? They play Buffalo. They, they, they. Oh, were, I don't know. Buffalo's got a lot of good young talent. Yeah, they hey, do. But they, the Islanders are a better team, and 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 to lose a game like this, where you had you had a two one lead, you had a one nothing lead, and then you give up a goal in the third period again, and then lose in overtime is embarrassing. Twelve I, seconds I in it. overtime. I get it, but I don't think people give Buffalo credit because you know, and I, I don't care. I'll I'll die on this hill. Tage Thompson's the second best player in the league. The second best player in the league. McDavid, Tage Thompson, he's that good. I'm not saying that he's not. I'm just saying that the Islanders are a better team than the Buffalo Buffalo Sabres right, right now. Now it might not be for much longer, and I and honestly, they, if, if this keeps on going, they should be sellers at the trade deadline. They should be sellers. They shouldn't be buyers. They should be sellers because it, it, to me. This team just can't win the big part, big part of the third period. They they lose in the third period and they they give up a lead. They were three nothing up, uh, three to one up in the, after the second period against the Washington Capitals, and then you give up two goals in the third period and you let the Capitals win the game in overtime. They can't win in overtime. They can't win shootouts. If you can't do that, and you have a goaltender that stands on his head who had again forty shots, thirty seven saves, and you still can't win. This guy is the what is he number two in save percentage in a league, and his goals against is two point three something, and and this team can't still win. They can't win. It's embarrassing. It really is, and they can't score. Well, the problem the problem is here. Here's the problem you have though. Uh, you need a goal scorer, right? You need a goal scorer, but you also don't have anything worth that. You don't have anything anyone else wants to give up for a, a goal scorer. You know what I'm saying? Like the the pieces on your team are just. Not impressive, like all of them. Okay, Matt Barzell, but you're not getting you're not getting rid of Matt Barzell to get, you know, a Patrick Kane or a Taves or you know something like something like that. Like, the, no one wants any of those pieces on that team. Yeah, no one. It's it's it, it's an embarrassment right now. Lou Lamorello needs to decide what he is doing at the trade deadline. I think they should be sellers. That's just my my opinion. They're even if they make I, the playoffs, even if they make the playoffs. This team isn't winning. I know no the, the way they're set up, they're built for the playoffs. They are not the way they can't score goals, they cannot beat the better teams. They can't beat the teams. Look, and see any I I hear what you're saying and I would tend to agree with exactly what you're saying, but I'm also going to say playoffs, man. 
hot goalie and you can ride it for a long time. Yeah, well, their goaltender is practically standing on his head every single game, averaging about thir- more saves than any goaltender all season long. This is this is a team that's looked at as a defensive team, and their goaltender has is averaging almost 40 saves, 40 shots a game. And and he's standing on his head, and he's they still can't win when they have a lead in the third period. And then people are trying to point fingers at the goalie. Shame on you. Do you know that he has been uh, a, a, a top three player of the game in almost every single game that he has played as the goaltender this year, and they still can't win those games. He is. L- listen to this. This is this is the sad part over here. I, I'm going to show you Sorokin's numbers and and his record right now. Sorokin is 15 and 14. Okay. He is a 2.30 goals against average and almost a 9.26 save percentage, okay, which is amongst the league's best in every single thing, goals against and save percentage. And this team can't win. He has 15 wins. He's lost 14 games because of this team. How? And this guy is at the peak of his career right now. He's 27. But that's because the rest of the pieces stink. But this goes back to what I'm saying is if you don't have – like, dude, there's a bunch of players on the Bruins that that people would take. Like, if if, if Boston wanted Kane, there, there's a bunch of players that the, that the Blackhawks would want from the Bruins. Um, besides Barzell, is there a player on the Islanders that Brock anyone Nelson. would want? Brock Nelson. He, he's been – Maybe. Brock Nelson, he's an all-star this year. He's been their best player. Right, he's an all star this year because there's a league mandate. No, Here, no, here's no, no. why he's a, dude. He has he yes. Has, no, there's a league. No, there's a league mandate. You got to have one from every team because guess what? Amongst the the pop, David Postmax, I think leading the league in goals or something. He got 35 goals. Right? He didn't e- even make it in, in the first round mm. uh, because that's because of the league mandate. Everyone gets one player. So going, oh, he's an all star means a whole lot less in hockey. Okay, and I, I mean. Um, Pajot is a guy that a team would want. I mean, the guy wins faceoffs. Uh, he's a guy that somebody would be interested, especially in the playoffs. Right, but, right, right. But this is what I'm saying is all of these guys that you're mentioning, they're third and fourth line. They're bottom six guys. Pajot is a bottom six guy on almost any other team. You're not going to be able to acquire a premier goal scorer for a bottom six guy. I don't know. He's a second line center. He is. And he's and, second line on a terrible team that can't score. He's no, a third he was a second everywhere else. No, come on, man. He was a second line center for the Ottawa Senators. <clears throat> My point. Exactly. The <laughs> Ottawa Senators. I'm saying yeah. that I'm saying he's a guy he's a guy that can win faceoffs. He does a lot oh, of Oh, that's right. Out. World beating Ottawa Senators. They've been so great. I never said they were world beating. I mean right, but they they stink. They stink. It's a trash team. He was a second line center on a trash team. That's what it is. Well, you don't. You, he's a bottom six guy on any other team. He he is like it's, dude. It, look at look around the league at the, some of the better teams. Hmm? There's no way Pajot would be a top six on almost any team. Well, they the have, Bruins. They... Ha, the Bruins have a former NHL MVP on the third line. I understand that. You're talking about Hall? I mean, yeah. you, you make it seem He's like... He's a third liner. You make it seem like the you, Islanders have nothing. They're only, what, seven, six points behind? Six, because six their goalie points. is great and is keeping them in it, and they're winning some games two to one. Their defense, they, they, they have some pretty good defensemen, too. They do. I mean, Noah Dobson it should be an all-star this year. He's been one of the best defensemen in the league all season long. He, he should right, be... But- a, 
Right, but very rarely, but but he's not the kind of defenseman that you're, you're going to be able to trade and get back a premier goal scorer for. They're not going to trade him. Why would you trade a premier defenseman? Right, but no, no, right, but I'm, but when, but you're in need of a premier goal scorer. Is your what you're complaining? And he's a you premier defenseman. He's 21 years old. Right, but you don't really have the asset. I mean, it, they're not going to trade him. Defense is defense is worth a lot for sure. Goal scorers, they're almost impossible. It wouldn't be an even trade. You'd be giving up Dobson plus plus. I don't know about that. Dobson for for Timo Meyer, I think, would be a fair trade uh, to find a a, um, a defenseman. First, I don't really him. look at Timo Meyer as like a premier goal scorer, but he's he's pretty good. Yeah, he's he's a goal scorer. He's a guy that has what twenty seven goals this year. That's a goal scorer. I mean, he had 37 last year. Yeah, he is a goal scorer. He's the best goal star- scorer on the Islanders if he goes there. So, I mean. Well, that's I, that, not saying much. I'm just saying that's what the Islanders need. They need two Timon Myers if, they have a, if they're going to have a chance moving forward. I just – I don't think they have the assets right now. I think they need to trade off, build around the draft this year. There's a lot of good players that are going to be available. This is a, a top-friendly offensive draft where they can get themselves some good – you know, talent in the draft. So I think the Islanders. But that doesn't. Yeah. That doesn't really matter though either. Mm. You could get one of the top guys, and he could suck. Shout out Capo Caco in the beef. Mm. Well, Capo Caco's had a pretty good year. He sucks. That's <laughs> twenty, but okay. He he sucks. Well, I mean, he, look, he's not as look, good as look, everybody look, thought he was. Good. That's fair. I mean, still. I mean, but we could just compare the top of that draft. One Jack Hughes, two Capo Caco. How we doing? Okay, that's fair. Jack Hughes is insane. I get. We get that. I mean, it's it's interesting. Right. And the Rangers have some good players. I mean, they have uh, Panarin and Zabitajad and Fox. Bum, bum, bum. You think they're bums? Really? What they do tonight? Anything? Well, we had played Panarin against on, Panarin on a breakaway. Couldn't even beat a backup goalie. But Sit you're, down, Panarin. You're, you're, you're right about Capocacco. I, I, he's having a better season, but nine goals and 11 assists in 46 games is not what you expected from him. I mean, that's terrible. Um, that's terrible. Lafanier. Just double, just, like, just double those numbers. He's what, like a 15 goal scorer every year? Great. Any third liner in the league is a 15 goal scorer. And he should be a whole lot better than that because wasn't everyone blowing the kid line? Oh, the kid line. Oh, such a good kid line. Oh, kid. They stink. Lafreniere should be on the first thing smoking out of town. Capo Caco stays. They're not going to do it like that, Jeff. (laughs) They're going to trade him if they they can package him for something better. Not not just smoke him out. Trade him. Don't trade him. Don't you? Don't you remember those mouth-breathing Ranger fans? Terrible New Yorkers. Just horrible New Yorker Ranger fans. Oh, just terrible people. Oh, the kid line. We're going to be so good next year. Look at how good. It's such a joke that they beat. They're not uh, even a on third, the line together. A third-string third goalie and then, like, a bunch of backups, and, and they beat a bunch of scrubs in the playoffs last year, and they were all jerking each other off thinking they were so good. They stink. Well, they're not even playing together. Capricaco's playing with Zabitajad. Uh, Lafiniere's playing on a third line, I think he is. Right, and, which they had to do in their development at some point. I, I mean, and... The, the right, one and that, they're not developing. They stink. Well, and that, that, and it's that the makes first it year even playing worse. on the first line for most of them. <clears throat> Kako did a little even, last year, and that's it. And that makes it even worse that Capo Kako only has nine goals. You mean to tell me he's playing with some of the top talent on that team that's still he's all right he can that. muster? Oh, you're right about that. Trent, Trent Frederick on our third line has more goals than that. You might be Nick right. Foligno, Nick Foligno on our fourth line might have more goals than that. You might be right. I, 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 I'm Capo not Kako argue. stinks. 
Kapokaka was the second pick of the first round. Lafini was the number one pick. And I told Ranger fans when they traded, when they drafted him, trade him for defense. They, Ranger fans thought I was nuts. And, and they might go back and say, you were right, Errol. We should have traded him. So Lafini has been but a it's, bust. It's not even that. It's every Speedy, you need to pick new teams. Stop liking the Mets. Stop liking the Rangers. Everything the Beav like stinks. <laughs> Just shut it down and find something else. Hey, listen, always room for you here on the, yeah, always room for you here on the on the Bruins bandwagon, Speedy. Enjoy some winning. Come on over, bud. Well, I I stick to my Islanders, even though they probably stink and they're probably going to stick to us. Right, but right, but they have a shot because the Beeve doesn't root for them. (laughs) I'm not saying I agree with the Beeve on all his Rangers takes. Believe me. Well. We've had plenty no of arguments with the Beavs. Aren't we, aren't we going on the fifth straight Super Bowl for Dak Prescott? He's amazing. This is year four, Jeff. This is the year four of the, uh, the, the, the all the consecutive Super Bowls that they're supposed to win. Right. It's the Beavs curse. Everything he likes stinks, dude. Just it's, wait. It's, you know, that, why, why when they drafted Capo Caco, he's like, this is great. We got Caco. Yeah, you like him? He stinks now. <laughs> oh, man, Jeff. You are one piece of work. Mark, what what's do, up, I, man? You got to unmute yourself, Mark. How are hey you? Guys. What's up? How you feeling, bro? Hey, Jeff, what's up? So, uh, Jeff, uh, you know, Mark says, what's up? The great Mark Everett Kelly. I hope you're doing well and feeling well, Mark. I know you've had some struggles. Georgia just scored again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty funny, actually. Uh, in, in Mark's defense, he's not the Michigan oh, thanks, fan. Uh, tough times for Alabama these days. No offensive coordinator, no defensive coordinator. All it is is Saban in an empty room screaming at empty chairs now. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. The Russell... Thank God. Oh. Thank God no more defensive offensive. He says, thank God. Uh, thank God. What do you mean, thank God? Are the, 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 those are he's championship guys that you're Yeah. I would agree yeah, with you. Know, you know what's funny though? Pete Golden going to Ole Miss. Like, Pete Golden going to Ole Miss. What does he get? He give up like fifty points a game now. I mean, what exactly? How is that exactly a move up? He says Pete Golden going to another team. Uh, uh, Ole Miss, with, you know, Old Miss. Speedy, you have to explain. Right, Old Miss. Old Miss also just picked up um, Spencer Sanders uh, off the transfer portal. Right. Yes. Right. Spencer Sanders. Right. Exactly. The, uh, Ole Miss could be interesting, man. They really could. I don't think they'll be Tennessee good. I think Tennessee is going to be really good. They're going to improve. They got the number one quarterback in the class coming in, so we're going to see how that works out. But Ole Miss could be good, and that that's very telling too that uh, that you're leaving Nick Saban for a Nick Saban disciple. You're leaving Alabama to go to Old Old Miss. That would be blasphemy five years Lane ago. Train. Six years ago. <laughs> Lane Kiffin is the ultimate tease. He's the ultimate tease, Lane Kiffin. Yeah, everyone expects him. Everyone gives him all this great credit, and the guy's never won a damn thing. So he's a great offensive mind, but until he like wins something, he doesn't deserve the respect he gets. He uh, he was saying that uh, Lane Kiffin doesn't reserve the respect he gets until he wins something, and the way he fell apart in the end of the season doesn't help. Well, I, I I would listen. I realize that's an Alabama person goal. He hasn't won anything. Look, he got to that position by taking really crappy teams and doing really well with them. So I wouldn't say that that's doing nothing. And also, put respect on Joey Freshwater's name. If you don't know who Joey Freshwater is, Google that one. You'll love it. 
Oh man. <laughs> Anyways, uh, do right. you guys know who Joey Freshwater is? I don't. Well, I, I know you're really It's no, Lane Kiffin. Oh well. Lane, Lane Kiffin used a pseudonym when he was working at exactly. Alabama to try to date the co-eds there. And he oh, called himself God. Joey Freshwater. What? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> great job. <laughs> then again, I wouldn't expect anything less out of him. But yeah. <laughs> that's funny. He's fantastic, by the way. I yeah. love Lane Kiffin. That's Anyways. Kind of I mean, if that's not a Hall of Fame move, I don't know what is. <laughs> right? Russell. Maybe that's why they're all they're all going to work for Lane. They know what yeah. kind of stud he is. What a dog Lane is. Russell Wilson. Ad- Russell Wilson advocates uh uh, for Broncos to pursue Saint um, Sean Payton, and he wants to pursue him hard. You know, it's interesting when you look at this story. Uh, I, I mean, Russell Wilson thinks that one offensive mind, aka coach, bringing him in is going to change the 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 way this team played this year. I don't think it was all about the coach. I think it has a lot to do with the offensive play and not protecting. Obviously, Russell Wilson on the offensive line was horrible. It was horrific. And, and and really, they had no running game. Williams wasn't 100%. They were depending on second-tier running backs, old running backs. I think looking at Sean Payton, does Sean Payton want to take over a job where he's not the GM? He's going to come in, and he's got, he's, he doesn't have a star pass rusher. He does have a star corner who's one of the best corners in the league, who's first-team All-Pro uh, in, um, I'm sorry, um, Sertan. P- P- Sertan, I'm sorry. I, I've got his name, but... Uh, Sertan, who had a fantastic year, and a fantastic year last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he finally is getting the credit that he deserves. Uh, so I don't know if, if Sean Payton, of, of all the places he's going to go or wants to go, I think it makes a lot of sense with Arizona. I know Jeff will probably say that, too, because he could take over the GM job. He's the coach. He has Kyler Murray. Well, they've filled the, G- well, they've filled the GM job in Arizona. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I mean, he could have both jobs and 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 get what he wants moving forward. And no, probably, he couldn't. Why not? They filled the GM job did, in Arizona. When did they do that? Three, four days ago. Did who did they fill? Monty, Monty, Monty Awesome came from the Tennessee staff. Sweet, I didn't know that. And the, and New England. Oh, and New England. Oh, that makes sense. Tennessee New hiring England. New England. Right so on. Arizona will be out of the picture now. Maybe that's why he didn't take the Arizona job, or you didn't even. I mean, it. is it? I mean, is it out of the picture? I mean, I don't know that that's the case because no other. I mean, it would appear that he wants to coach, and no other opportunity has um, a a, co- a a dual coach uh, GM role open. So I don't think that that's a deal breaker for him. Well, wherever he goes, he he's going to want a lot of say in who who gets drafted and and what is going to happen in free agency. So uh, he has to get along with the guy that's in you know as the GM if he doesn't get the GM position or even interact with the GM. So. I think that it makes a lot of sense why Russell Wilson is going after Sean Payton. But does Sean Payton want to go to Denver? Or does Sean Payton want to coach Russell Wilson? Now, everybody's going to say. Nobody does. Everybody's going to say, well, Russell Wilson was like the next Drew Brees. He's not Drew Brees. They're different type of quarterbacks. Drew Brees was a very accurate pocket present quarterback to Russell Wilson, who likes to move and be mobile and do the things outside of the pocket as much as he is inside of the pocket. I don't know if it will work. It didn't work with Jameis Winston. I'm sorry. I love Sean Payton. It didn't work with uh, Jameis Winston. He He's a mobile-slash-pocket-present quarterback. He couldn't get Jameis Winston to play at the top of his game. 
What makes anybody think he's going to change the way Russell Wilson play when he's a stubborn person? He likes to play the way he plays. And obviously, the team is not too fond of him, as we saw throughout the season. It wasn't because of Nathaniel Hackett. It was because Russell Wilson is very stubborn when he wants to run his offense the way he plays this offense. Mm-hmm. And you saw that at the end of the Seattle tenure, too. A lot of the defensive guys and some of the offensive linemen did not like Russell Wilson. Nobody liked him. Even Pete Carroll, we heard, didn't like him. Yeah, there definitely has to be some kind of attempt at a coach stabilizer, too. That's very different than a Nathaniel Hackett, a rookie coach that had no idea what he was doing. So they have to do everything they can at this point to pursue somebody like that. Gad, Mark, what do you got? He said something that he froze. Yeah, I got a trivia question for you. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions, but the Jaguars won, okay? Mm -hmm. In the Super Bowl era, give me the two other quarterbacks that have thrown four interceptions in a playoff game and won. And won. Wow. Four interceptions. Jeff, do you hear that, Speedy? So, Mark Mark had a trivia question of – he yeah, mentioned yeah, that yeah. Trevor Lawrence was one of only three quarterbacks in the Super Bowl era to throw four interceptions in a playoff game and win. Who are the other two? I believe Tom Brady is one of them. Uh, Jeff says Tom Brady, he thinks, is one of them. Nope. Nope. He, uh, had, that. he, laid, an nope. Egg. he laid an egg against nope. the Colts one time and still ended up winning. Maybe it was only three. Uh, mm. Hmm. All right. No, so uh, Tom Brady is incorrect. Uh, I'll guess Peyton Manning because I know he had plenty of playoff duds. Peyton Manning? Nope. Mm. I'm going to say nope. uh, my guess, uh, I'm trying to, trying to look at, you know, some, <clears throat> some quarterbacks in, mentally in my head who uh, – John Elway. John Elway? Mark, yes. No, John Elway. He's shaking his head, so it's not John Elway. Speedy, you have one more guess before we give. Uh, you have anybody else? Hmm. Let's go, Warren Moon. Doesn't seem like it's right. Who are they? I'm gonna. I'm gonna go Ben Roethlisberger. And my, Jeff says Ben Roethlisberger as well. Maybe if Mark isn't constantly right running a commercial on why not to move to Alabama, this is it. <laughs> Austin Matthews and Pasternak lead final 12 players to round out all-star rosters. That's what uh, Ben is saying. So Austin Matthews right. and Pasternak. Right, but they're going to get in. Right, but they're going to get in. But think about those two guys are no-brainers to be in the all-star game. And they weren't because there's a mandate. One team has to have a guy. So congratulations to whoever the Islander is. You're sucking up a spot of someone else deserving. Brock Nelson's had a pretty good year. I mean, it's not a bad year. Not even close to Austin Matthews or Pasternak. This is what I hate about this. Extra guys should, should be in these spots. The guys that earn it should be the first guys in. And then figure out who those guys are and then go, great. We got we to gotta get some other idiots in here. Bring in the Islander. <laughs> you don't find it ridiculous that those two guys have to have to wait because there's this mandate. Like, think about this, and I'm not even going to rip on the Islanders. Someone from the Coyotes is going to get in. <laughs> think about how much of a joke that is. Okay, so Austin Matthews has 22 goals and 27 assists, 49 points. Brock yeah, Nelson, in, in, that's a point a game. Yeah. That's amazing, by the way. Uh, what what does he play? 46 games, 47 games, 43 games. 40, so that's over a point a game. That's amazing. No one averages. Wayne Gretzky was like a point a game guy. That's how amazing that is. Okay, and, and that's fine. 
Brock Nelson this year has played in 40, 45 games and has 39 assists, uh, 39 points. So, right, so not a point. So not a point. A almost game. a point a game, dude. Almost right, so not. No, so not, right. though. But he's not having a bad season. You make it seem like Brock Nelson stinks. But no, but there's other guys that are doing better. No, you're right. But because, but because of this mandate, the, the really good players don't get it because Omar, who's having a historic season, got in as the Bruin. So they had to make Pasternak wait, which is why they're going to make Bergeron wait or Marchand wait. All guys that are deserving who might not get in because some schmuck from the Blackhawks is going to play or Coyotes. <laughs> like think, th- think about how stupid this is. Maybe Patrick Kane. Is it Patrick Kane that's playing <laughs> from Chicago? I, from- I, don't, I don't know, but it's going to be some idiot from some terrible team that's had <laughs> that has phantom stats that's going to get in. All right, Mark, who, who are the two guys? Who are the two quarterbacks? Yeah, sorry. I, my, my computer wasn't working that great. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so one of them you were talking about before was Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, and who's the other Yeah, the 2014 uh, NFC Championship game against the uh, Packers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. And then the other one was in a playoff game between the Jets and Bills, Joe Ferguson, 1981 wildcard game. No, I wouldn't have I would have never gotten that <laughs> okay. one either. Joe Ferguson. Yep. Did he just say one of them was a Jet? Did I hear yeah, one Joe of them was a Jet? Joe Ferguson. Bill. He was Joe a Bill. Bill. Bill against the how Jets. Did, how did, oh, it was against the Jets. I just figured it was going to be a Jet quarterback. <laughs> no. no, the Jets are on the positive end of this side, at least. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember the last time a Jet quarterback did anything good. The last time a Jet quarterback did something noticeable, like memorable, was when Mark Sanchez ran into his t- uh, teammates and the football. I knew he was going to say that. First of all, Buddy, he took his team back-to-back years to an AFC title game. So he did pretty well. There. And then he ran into one of his teammates' anuses and fumbled the football, yeah. and then that ruined his and whole I, career. It's so funny. I was talking to Mar- uh, um, Mikey C. today, and I said, do you notice all the quarterbacks, all the high-profile quarterbacks that the Jets have drafted over the last couple of years, their careers, their, their careers practically ended on the Jets when they played the Patriots. Let's go through it. Mark Sanchez, Mark Sanchez, the butt fumble. Number two, uh, we Geno Smith before he got his you know his his face punched in by his linebacker the 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 week before he loses against the Patriots where he threw three interceptions and that practically ended his time with the New York Jets. And then Donald was seen then, ghosts. Then yep, Mar- then it was Sam Donald opening his mouth saying in New England that he was seeing ghosts. That was his time and that was his time. And then Zach Wilson this year. In, in his second game against the Patriots, puts out a lousy game and then doesn't take responsibility on why the team lost. He, play, he, fa- he didn't take any responsibility against the Patriots. In, in fairness, I think the Patriots intercepted him five times his rookie year, too. Didn't he have three interceptions one game and yeah, two the next did. or something? Three interceptions is one game for sure. I, I think the first game they played against the, the fact The fact is, is that it, it seems like, it, and, and this is a person that can't stand the Patriots, every single young Jet quarterback that they bring in always seem their career to be over after they have a just a, an unbelievable. I don't, think that's a, I don't think that's a Patriot thing, though. I think that that's just a really? Jets are cursed it's thing. More, yeah, it's more of a I think Jets it's the Jets are cursed. The cursed against the Patriots. It's no, a cursed period. But uh, Although Sanchez did beat Brady in the playoffs. so He did. <laughs> and he Mark... did beat Peyton Manning in the playoffs. Yes, he did. Mark mentions that he beat Sanchez. And, uh, Sanchez beat Brady and Peyton Manning in the playoffs. <laughs> 
awesome, terrific. He's the he's the best quarterback in the world. He won two games. Awesome. Four, no four one's games, body bagged more people than Tom Brady in the playoffs. I don't want to hear that. Oh, because he lost once to Mark Sanchez, that means he didn't run into his teammates' anus and fumble the football. <laughs> like, what are we? What are we doing? You, like, you got you got to compare. So you got to be reasonable with what you're comparing it against, Jeff. Okay. We're talking about jet quarterbacks here. We're not talking about human beings. He says you don't have to be reasonable when you compare it against. You have to talk about jet quarterbacks, not human beings. So basically all, all jet quarterbacks should be aliens, but they're not. All right. Here's, here's a better question. The last 15 years, who's the best jet quarterback? Sanchez. Go ahead, Speedy. Easy. I mean, you could say Fitz, well, he Fitzpatrick. Said, he, I guess. Jeff, he Fitzpatrick said, single season. He yes, said Sanchez. I think season. that in the last twenty years, you're saying fifteen years. He said F- 15, 15. last fifteen years. Like, who's the best Jets quarterback? Fifteen years. Who's been the best Jets quarterback? So I mean, when you realize no Jet except Namath is thrown for four thousand yards, and Fitzpatrick's the one. Or I don't care since the two thousands. Go back all the way to two thousand. Since the two thousands. Well, that, if you include that, Vinny Testaverde. Vinny Testaverde. Either him or Pat Pennington was pretty good before he got hurt, but Vinny Testaverde, I would say. Yeah, Testaverde was Testaverde was good for the three years that he was there. I would say Vinny. I'm I'm gonna go Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, if you're talking single season, yeah, I would I would say Pennington's that better. And that's why Jets, that's though. why this offseason for the Jets and, and picking a quarterback that they're going to bring in, any one of these quarterbacks that they bring in are probably going to go down as the greatest quarterback they've ever <laughs> yeah. had. It, it's, sure. crazy. it's crazy. It's crazy. Pretty low bar. Uh, yeah, it listen, is. It's a very low bar. Yeah, but it just tells you. It just tells you. The Jets have had one guy one time have a four a four thousand yards. If they bring in. That's if it. they bring in Derek he was Carr, the first guy to do it. Yeah, if you bring in Derek Carr, Derek Carr's gonna—he's done it almost every single year. So the chances of it happening over there with the Jets is a good one. Right. You bring so Aaron, every quarterback does it almost every year. The Jets are the only court, the team whose quarterbacks haven't caught on. Yeah, but they, that and the Jets were always a defensive. The, the, the Browns team. and the Bears might have an argument there, Mark. <laughs> the Jets. So are I think, I, I think the problem with the Jets. No, the Bears have never had one. They never had a four thousand. Nope, they've never had a four thousand yard quarterback or a thirty plus yard touchdown. Uh, thirty really? plus touchdown passing touchdowns quarterback in a single season. Wow! Wow, that's a great stat. And the, uh, again, the, the Browns have had it, but not in a while. I think well, Kozar. I guess Kozar I mean, probably. Uh, yeah, Kozar probably, yeah, probably did. But yeah, that, that I, the last I think. One. I think the problem with the Jets getting a quarterback this year is. It's going to be a bidding war, and they may have to overpay. Like, are the Jets willing to – like, think about how many teams need a quarterback, right? Washington probably needs a quarterback. The Colts, the Raiders, uh, the Jets, uh, you know, like – I don't think um, – I don't think – Carol- Carolina. I don't think right? it's – Carolina's in there, I, I, Atlanta. I don't think it's a bid, bidding war because I everything that I've read and what people are saying is – the Raiders are not going to trade him. They're going to let him go. They're going to let him go where he wants to go. That's what I've read. And that the Jets are so on the top. So it would create a bidding oh, oh, Hold on. The Jets are on top of his list because of the talent that they have going into next season. So, right, but, you, but you know what would cha- You know what changes that? Like if, if the Jets go to him and go, oh, we're going to give you $20 million a year. No, they're going to give him 30 million. They're going to give him about $32, 33000000 million a year. They're going to boatload it up front. Right but, this, right, but this is what I'm saying. Money matters. There's going to be a bidding war, and and it's going to be hard pressed to to say, oh, I'm definitely going to the Jets, even if it's even money. I don't pay state taxes in North Carolina, and I pay crazy taxes in New York. 
I, I just think that everything everything that I've been seeing is that Woody Johnson is going to bring if they believe and Woody Johnson believes the, the missing piece is a quarterback. That's what he says. And, and, and he's I know. Right. It's, just, it's, just he, it, it's true. It's honestly it's true with the talent that they have. You the Jets make the playoffs this year if they had a competent quarterback. They're not gonna lose six games in a row without a competent quarterback. But, but nobody thought they would lose six games in a row either. I, I mean, did they, I you did you never know what's gonna happen with the I team. did. That, that's I, I, I picked them to win and I, I something told me the way they were playing, there was no confidence in the team. They were depending on a backup quarterback that was waived five times by their the same organization, and they think that he's the future in the franchise. I don't hear it from all the Jeff fans anymore after seeing him play the way he played in the, the uh, second-to-last game of the season against Seattle. I don't hear the Jeff fans saying that anymore. Okay, He won't be on the team next year. And Boomer Esiason, this is, this is a friendly attack to you. After Mike White came back to the field against Buffalo Bills and saying that him showing up to the game won him a lot of money in the offseason. Boy, oh boy, you're going to eat your words because I'm going to send that clip to your show when he doesn't make a dime more than he made this year. Nobody's paying that guy. He's not starting as a quarterback with the Jets. The Jets never thought he was a starting quarterback. And by the way, Mike LaFleur, after the fact that he got fired, he opened his mouth about, you know, the quarterback play of the New York Jets. You know what, Mike? If you're so worried about the quarterback play, why were you the one that wanted Zach Wilson so bad when you went to his little pro day? Okay, I'm tired of listening to this guy. Go to go to the L.A. Rams. Go sit as a wide receiving quarterback coach because you're never going to get an offensive coordinator job again. You kiss your brother's ass. You kiss you kiss Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan's ass. Nobody gives a crap about you. You suck, and that's why you're gone in two years. The 49ers will create some kind of position for him. He stinks. <laughs> some random. He position. is the worst. He is, and I, I. There's a lot of bad offensive coordinators the Jets have had. He is the worst offensive coordinator the Jets have ever had. Is he better than Mike Heimerdinger? Uh, he no, no, <laughs> no, no. Even Schottenheimer was better than him. Okay, he is absolutely horrendous. The Jets had all the weapons in the world to be, not be ranked 28th, 29th in almost all-purpose offense this year. It was absolutely horrendous when you have a rookie a rookie wide receiver is going to probably win rookie of the year. You have um, you have guys like um, Elijah Moore. Well, this, yesterday you or last week you were like, no, I don't think so. No, I, don't I don't think he's winning rookie of the year. I, I just, and I then just, you just said he was going to. Poss- I just said possible. Rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. He can. It's either him or Walker. It's one or the other. It's going to be Walker or him. That's who it's going to. And you say it's going to go to him. A lot of people think it's going to Garrett Wilson. All right? So you have a guy that is a great wide receiver. Rookie year. Never had a wide receiver, a jet to have over 1,100 yards, a 1,000-yard season. You had one this year. And and you can't you can't find a way to win two games in the final six games of the season. It shows you how bad of an offensive coordinator you are. And don't blame it on the quarterback but play. But there's going to be like eight teams that would kill for a quarterback, and there's only like three or four that are going to be be available. All right, name the eight so, teams. Name the eight teams. Uh, Washington. Okay. The, 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 All right. Well, why mean, would not, why not... would why would Derek Carr go to Washington? Go ahead. Next team. There, the, 
Just go. I'm not, hold on, hold on. You're doing this again, just like you did when the Jet, when you were like the Jets are elite, right? I'm just saying they're in the market for a quarterback, and this is why I'm saying they're going to be a bidding war because these other teams may be willing to pay for it. That's all I'm telling you. But there's eight teams, right? You got the Falcons, the Titans, Washington, the Jets, the Raiders. Um, he said Carolina earlier. Car- Carolina, right? Carolina would kill for a quarterback. Uh, who else is in Carolina's that drafting a quarterback? You don't know that they're maybe, not in the top three. Maybe if they could shed the money and make it work, the Saints, I guess, could too. The Saints, right? Are, the Saints could not. They if don't they're able it. to do the money, they don't have it's the money. Very thing. Hard they're to not. Do the money. Go ahead, kick them out. Tennessee might, but I don't think Tennessee is going to go out there and spend the money. They want to spend the money for AJ Brown. They let him go. So good luck on and that. If, and if Aaron Rodgers leaves, Green Bay will be in the market for a quarterback. No, they're not. No, they, they got Jordan won't. Love. No, they won't. They got Jordan Love. You don't then, know that. Yeah, you don't I know do. He told. The reason why Aaron Rodgers is leaving is because Jordan Love came out in the middle of the season. And I don't said, think he's leaving. I think he's staying. Oh, I think he's leaving. Oh, Did I you say Jordan Love came out. Jordan Love came out and said that if Aaron Rodgers is on this roster next year, trade me. Because he Seattle, yo, Seattle could be looking for a quarterback. We don't know that they're sold on on. Geno they're Smith. sold on Geno Smith. They're already negotiating. Well, a deal. Okay, the Rams could be looking for a quarterback. We don't know if Matthew Stafford is, has a. Broken they don't back have the money. They don't have the money. Regardless, if you think they have the money or not, they're going to be in the market. Baker for it. will the be the quarterback. Isn't real. The ba- Baker, you're right. The salary cap isn't real, and, and, besides, and that's and why besides, I think the Jets they, are going to get whoever they want because the salary besides, cap they do isn't ha- real. And, and besides, they do have the money because if Matthew Stafford retires, oh, boom, forty million. So 40 they million? do have the money. Forty million. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, that's if he retires, they don't have to pay him. Well. Uh, what I have read with Matthew Stafford is he doesn't I, – I did read something yesterday when I was talking about on the show that Matthew Stafford believes that he will play next year. So I, I, that's not that's not possible either. I he's, mean, believes that he'll play next year isn't a very good sign. Well, he's saying right? – he, he's saying that he's going to play next year. So – well, we'll, we'll, we'll And see. by the way, the Rams – yesterday, the Rams picked up Matthew Stafford's quarterback option. So, right, we'll see if it gets cleared to play because a broken back ain't nothing. Well, they picked up his quarterback option, so they can't be, they can't bring in a quarterback. So there, there you go. They probably bring back Baker Mayfield, John Wolford, two point There's only going to be about four I, teams that are going to be looking for or get. I, I just named you. Like, I just named you six or seven: Falcons, Titans, because Malik Willis stinks, and so does Pantyhill. The Jets. There's three: Carolina, Washington. Like there's five. Atlanta's going like, to oh, stop. Atlanta's going to start the kid that they drafted in the third round. Uh, what's his name? The, 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 guy who sh- the guy Ritter. who shit his pants I, those last three games. I don't care. Guy. They're going to. They're, they're a young team, and that's what they're going. They're going to trust in Ritter and moving forward this year with Ritter. If the they Colts, a, there's another one. The Colts. The Colts need a quarterback. You going to stick with Matt Ryan? Oh, Sam Ellinger is the guy. Make the case now for Sam Ellinger. I, I again, the Colts are positioned where they, if they want to move up and get, because I heard, I already heard that Chicago's trading out of that spot. I've heard it. I've heard it. I also heard that the Texans might be willing to trade out of their spot as well. So both of the top two teams that everybody keeps saying are I'll quarterback. Believe, I'll believe that. 
I'll believe that Houston thing when I see it because I don't think that they like if you got two quarterbacks, you don't have one. And they were playing Driscoll and Davis Bills. So no, I no, think no. they're the, sticking there. The and rumor wasn't for them mm. to to trade that far back. The rumor was just to trade a little bit back and then get whichever of the three fall out of the top three yeah. and then maybe yeah, draft one at five. Could, but there could be other that's that's a there, dumb it's idea. Ri- it's risk. I'm not saying it isn't, but I, that was the rumor. That's a dumb hearing. idea too, because if you're picking second, you don't trade back to fifth and then two teams jump you and take those dudes. Oh, I'm not saying it's not like I'm not advocating it's a good Maybe idea, the Texans but... don't like, or maybe Chicago, not just Chicago Bears, uh, maybe the Texans don't like any of the quarterbacks in this class. Maybe they don't. Uh, they better start to like them because they're all better than Davis Mills and Jack Driscoll. Well, you, you might be right. So maybe they look for a free agent quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody like that that they could bring in. Who knows? It, hey, only... I got the guy the Jets should be drafting too. Who? Roderick Jones. Ab- absolute beast. Well, beast. I think if he doesn't scream jet, I don't know what does. You're an idiot. You really are. A uh, what do you mean? What do you mean? I'm handing you a gem. That's a gem, by the way. You'd you'd be so pumped. I hope they draft him now, just so you can be like, oh, he's the greatest player ever, like you do with every draft, right? And then I can be like, told you so, idiot. Roger Jones, beast. You would love to have him on your team. Love it. Why is Chris Chelios? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at. It. Why is he wearing an Eastern Conference jersey when he was in the Western Conference practically his whole career with Chicago and Detroit? I mean, that doesn't make sense. And that absolutely doesn't make any sense. But that's just me. All right. You know what else is disappointing? You know what else is disappointing too? Mm-hmm. Think about what kind of wild card or divisional round weekend we would be having, right? Mm-hmm. If if. Uh, the league wasn't a bunch of shit sticks and suspended Calvin Ridley. How crazy would it be to see Calvin Ridley with the Jaguars playing against Kansas City? I, I, I don't think if Ridley got suspended, he would have been traded. I though. also would tell you if it went. What, what do you mean he did get traded? No, no, no. He got he got suspended last offseason. Got traded. He this better. Trade he better. I don't think he would have been traded if if he wasn't. Suspended. He, he already wanted out. Yeah. But it doesn't yeah, but matter. He already wanted out. He it, was getting it, traded. It doesn't matter what they're going to be. What. What Jacksonville's going to have next year with Kirk and obviously him and and the tight end play of Ingram, they're going to be high-flying. They're going to be fun to watch with Doug Peterson next year. Imagine if Giants got tight ends like Ingram. That'd be crazy. And I could see why why the Jaguars made that move at the trade deadline because they knew – that teams would be lining up. There's no, there's not a lot of good wide receivers or number one wide receivers that are going to be available in the offseason. They picked one up for what? A third round draft pick? Mm. I think it was a well, third. Well, it was a conditional fourth, and they could turn into a second based on how much he played for. All right. So he's a fourth round draft pick as of right now. Right. So it, it, it's, it's a steal. It's an absolute steal. Even in a second, it's a steal. Derek Mountain, my friend. How are you, man? Good. How's it going? We're good, man. And we have Jeff. We have Mark, Everett Kelly on. So we have a. Full, uh, you know, you know, a bunch of pretty boys over here. I mean, Mark. Does Derek hate the beef? Does Derek hate the beef? I don't know, Derek. Do you hate the beef? I don't know if Derek knows the no. beef. He doesn't. Yeah, he, I don't know. He doesn't I've, know I've the no beef. No reason to, to hate. I'm so no. jealous of a guy named Derek Mountain. I wish I didn't know the beef. <laughs> so Derek, son, we're going to do our picks. We have Mark. I guess you're going to be joining us. Jeff, we'll go through our picks. Jeff was five and one. Derek, you were five and one. Speedy was five and one. I was four and two. 
So, so the worst. The you were the worst. I was the worst. And the, com- and the commonality there? The Jaguars. Shut up, Jeff. You know, you're, you're, you're what, so what? I'm just saying, you went around, there's three tied for first, and there's one person in last. Uh, you know, don't worry, Jeff. It'll be a different week for me this week. So, Speedy, who's in last? <laughs> for the whole season, it's Derek. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, D- Derek knew he had like th- uh, three months to have to catch up to even get competitive. And he's not a good I mean, job. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not surprised that dude's in last. His name sounds like an alias. Ah! It's like a fake, it's like a fake name you give. At like, it's a, it's a, it, yeah, that's a fake name you give at sketchy airports when you're trying to get into Mexico or something. What's your name? Derek Mountain. <laughs> All right, Derek, what are you covering up for now? Now we got to know. He's got me. He's got me pegged. That's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm going. I've never, to De- I've never heard that either. I've got a lot for my last name. I've never gotten that. Where Where are you going? I'm going to Derek's Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's what it is. He's an alias. He's on the run. He's hiding from child support somewhere or something. You know, he's you know, <laughs> he's not married yet. He doesn't have any kids, so he, I think he's in a he's in a pretty good spot. But that that might change very soon. His brother just got married, so uh, it's it might be falling to Derek's side because who knows what his. Uh, you know, his uh, middle brother uh, is yeah. planning to uh, do. Don't, you know? say, don't don't put that into existence. Ah! <laughs> he, if he ever shows up on the show and he's got an internet connection like Mark's, you know he's on the run. <laughs> you know what I got to do? I got to get all three brothers on the show at one of these days. I got to get Brian. I got to – what's your bro- middle brother's name? I always miss uh, it. Kyle. Kyle, that's right. How could I forget? We got a Kyle over here, Kyle and, and Derek. I got to get all three of them on the show and let them go back and forth on who knows sports more and, and, and get it. It would be really, really funny. I think it'll be funny. So if there's multiple mountains, that'll make it a mountain range. Mo- yeah. And then we'll get his father to come right in and sneak right oh. in. That would be really interesting when Steve comes in. Oh, man. I know your father has a, a, an interesting personality, strong personality. I, I think it, he'd be he'd be able. That, that's on one way to put it for sure. Yeah, yep. he is a strong person. I like your father. He's a really good dude. He's a really good dude. But are we ready? We're ready to make our picks. Let's do it. All right, Peter. Let's go. All right. So we'll start with the uh, the Jags and the Chiefs. The uh, 4:30 game on Saturday. So we'll go with, we'll go with me first. Jeff, you'll go second. We'll do Derek, then Mark, and then Errol. So this is going to be a shootout. I definitely would bet the over in this game, uh, Jags Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs, their their strength on defense is being able to stop the run, but uh, Jacksonville again they ran it nicely in the third quarter, but it was mostly a throwing game for them too. But they can stretch the field with the receiving depth they have. I like Evan Engram as a matchup advantage in this game as well, and. The thing is, I think they could. Uh, Doug Peterson knows Andy Reid a little bit, but I, Andy Reid, I usually take the experienced coach a little more to know the assistant, except for the times that the, uh, the Bill Belichick's had issues with his assistants. And the Chiefs can stretch the field as well against a Jacksonville iffy secondary. So I think it'll be a shootout. A close game, closer than expected. Give me the Chiefs. Jacksonville will cover, but the Chiefs win 34-28. Jeff, you're up now. I'm taking the Kool-Aid man in this game. Andy Reid, he's, he's the man, bro. He's the best coach <laughs> left in the game. The Jaguars are up and coming, but they're not there yet. They probably should have lost against the Chargers. Give me the Chiefs in this one. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think next year is probably the Jags' year. I know you guys were just talking about Calvin Ridley being on the team next year. Uh, I think they are probably really pleased with winning the AFC South. Lawrence looks like the guy, um, but they're not in the Chiefs' class yet. They're not going into Arrowhead and winning that game. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs, 31-21. Mark. Yeah, I'd go with the Chiefs, too. 
You know, it's interesting. You look at this game and the quarterbacks. You have Patrick Mahomes, a young star, as we see, probably the MVP this year. And Trevor Lawrence, who threw four interceptions in the first half and just absolutely blew the tops off of the Chargers in the second half. Uh, really good coaching. I think both coaches know each other. I think it's going to depend on the running games. I think whoever runs the ball better could control the clock and keep the offense of the other team off the field. If the Jaguars do it with ETN, they can win the game. I think they could absolutely go into Arrowhead and knock them off. Kansas City, I, I think it all, all depends on who's running the ball and how they dominate the line of scrimmage. If they do that, Patrick Mahomes has the time, and, and that's that depends on the Jaguars' defense. I think it could work for the Jaguars. Something tells me this game could be close. The Jaguars could have the lead going into the fourth quarter, but it is an arrowhead. It is going to be a cold day, and I would bet on Patrick Mahomes any day over Trevor, Mr. A.K.A. Pretty Boy Lawrence. Give me Kansas City. It will be close. Kansas City wins 27-20. All right. The Sunday night or Saturday night game. My New York Giants <laughs> against Derek's Uh-oh. Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> well, yes, I'm hopeful that the Giants could keep this magical run going. I do think this will be closer than expected because the Giants proved two things in this game. One, their secondary depth playing very strong and also the interior offensive line, I think, played very well against the Vikings. Now, the Eagles are a whole different beast inside with Fletcher Cox, Jeff, your boy, Jordan Davis, and uh, Nadava Kingsu, Linval Joseph, all those guys. So it's going to be a bit another tough test for it, but I do think the Giants will be able to run the ball with Daniel Jones outside designed runs. And I think Daniel Bellinger could be an X-Factor too Uh-oh. with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I have a feeling I know where back. he's going with this. That being said, though, I don't know if the Giants could be able to moving on a consistent basis. The Eagles start fast, and you were saying on the weekend, Crunch, Errol, can the Giants do well if they have to come from behind? Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be hard. The Eagles are a fast starting team. I think they're going to fall behind early in the first quarter. That's where I think it'll be harder for them to run the ball at a higher volume with Saquon Barkley, and I don't think they'll be able to get away with that against the Vikings. I think the Giants will keep the Eagles to field goals to keep this game close, but I do think Jalen Hurts will get it going in the fourth quarter. So give me the Eagles. It'll be a close game, 23-17. Jeff, yeah, this isn't even going to be close. I've been rooting for the Giants, Speedy. I've been rooting for the Giants. Yes, you have. Right. It's not going to be close. There's an X factor that the Eagles have, a fat prick named Jordan Davis. What a beast this dude is. The, the Giants are never going to be able to run the ball because they got this fat prick inside that just gobbles up running backs. No chance Saquon has a big game. Give me the Eagles and Jordan Davis by 30. Uh. I'm also going to go with the Eagles, and I also think it's going to be a blowout. I was a little bit skittish after I saw the Vikings game, but I I also realized that that Vikings defense is just terrible right now. I'm not not drinking the Kool-Aid on Danny Dimes yet. Saquon looks really, really good, but the Eagles defenses look like a top three defense all year. They have 21 of their 22 starters from week one that will be playing in this game. The only guy that's not playing is their nickelback, Devontae Maddox. This is the healthiest they've been since that Houston game on Thursday Night Football in the middle of the year. Uh, they haven't played well in a month. I think they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. They're going to want to be sharp. It's going to be a primetime game at the link. The crowd is going to be fired up. Um, and I think Hurts is going to want to prove a point. After that disappointing wild card loss last year to the Bucks. I think he's going to be a man on a mission, especially this game. So I think the Eagles cruise here 28-13. to 28-13 for Derek. Mr. Marky Mark, who do you have? Yeah, I, I haven't really bought in the Giants all year, even though I, I, I 
been impressed by them as the season's gone on. I, I didn't think they would make the playoffs. But uh, the Eagles, yeah, if it's a rivalry matchup, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but um, I think the Eagles will win. I just think they have t- too much talent. Like uh, like Mr. Mountain said, that they're, they're healthy for the first time in a while. So I, I, I like the Eagles. This is going to be a very interesting game. I know a lot of people think that the Eagles are just going to breeze right through the Giants. It's very hard to beat a team three times in the same division. Uh, the Giants, they understand the Eagles. They play in the same division as the Eagles. Jalen Hurts isn't 100%, and that, to me, scares me for the Philadelphia Eagles because he's going into the game hurt and where there'll be pressure. I think the Giants will try to put pressure on him early in the game, make him throw off his spots, and really watch what they did against Minnesota in third downs. They brought seven DBs. Are they going to do the same against Brown and Smith and, and the weapons that they have? Wink loves to blitz the quarterback and put pressure on the quarterback. I believe he'll do it early. He'll try to get Jalen Hurts to make mistakes. This isn't the Chargers. The Giants aren't going to make the same mistakes as the Chargers do, especially if they get an early lead. But there's something that tells me, like Jeff was saying, Jordan Davis back 100%. Uh, Cox, he's 100%. This defense is still one of the better defenses in the, in the league. Front seven, they're beefy. They're going to spike up the, uh, uh, the, the defensive line. And this offensive line is finally healthy. Johnson and everybody is there and they're going to protect Jalen Hurts. They know they have to protect him to make plays. I believe Philadelphia win this game. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants pull this game off and move on to an NFC title game. I, I, I'm taking the Eagles because they're one of my teams. I take the Eagles 30 to 21. Alright. The Bengals at the Bills in Buffalo. 3 o'clock start on Sunday. Two teams that did not have good coaching in their first wild card game weekend. Uh, the Bills definitely got badly outcoached by Mike McDaniel, I thought, in that game. And Zach Taylor, I've always been kind of skeptical of as an in-game play caller. He's a good culture guy, good go with the players, but in-game sometimes he has some very bizarre decisions, and he did not coach well against the Ravens either. That being said, I think it'll be a little harder for them with the offensive line injuries. They have no Jonah Williams, no Lyle Collins, Alt Kappa. I don't know. If, I don't know if he'll play either. And Buffalo's pass rush. I thought it was going to be a concern without Von. Miller, but it really hasn't been a big issue yet to this point. Boogie Basham, Greg Rousseau have played a lot better this season than they did last season, so I think Buffalo has a little bit of an advantage in the trenches. The Bengals can't run the ball, and they can spread the ball out nicely, but I think they're, I'm worried about their red zone offense, so with that being said, I'm going to take Buffalo in this game. I think it will be close, but I do think I do trust them to be able to spread the ball around and stretch the field. Give me the Bills 27-23. to 23. Jeffrey! Yeah, I'm going to take Buffalo in this game. I think you're going to see an appearance by DeMar Hamlin. I think he's healthy enough to make it. Dude, that happens. That stadium's going to go bananas. Bananas. It's going to be insane. I think Josh Allen is the better quarterback out of the two. I think uh, the Bills' offense is better than than the Bengals' offense. I think they have a better defense than the Bengals' defense. Not by a lot, by a little. I realize the Bengals are going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder because of how you know, they, they kind of got, you know, went to that coin toss situation because of the DeMar Hamlin thing. I still like the Bills in this game. Give me the Bills. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you guys. Um, I am also going to back the Bills here. Uh, just to echo off Speedy's point, I don't think Cap is going to play. So the Bengals are down arguably their three best offensive linemen. I mean, talk about the worst time for that to happen. It's it's pretty much the same exact situation as last year. The offensive line is the Achilles heel again. Um, 
another difference too, Chidobe Awuzie at a top corner has has been out for a couple weeks now against Stefan Diggs. I mean, I I mean the Ravens couldn't expose them last week. <clears throat> Diggs is gonna have a huge game. Josh Allen's gonna have a huge game. I don't think the Bills are gonna be nearly as sloppy as they were in that wild card round. Um, they were creating plenty of explosives, but Josh Allen was really careless with the ball. I think he's gonna take much better care of the football. I think the Bills kind of cruise here. I think it'll be close for a half, three quarters maybe, but I think they start to pull away late in the game. I'll take the Bills here 27 to 19. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I like the Bills too. I just think they've been on a collision course all year with the Chiefs. I think that how they lost the club game last year was a big part of that. And they're playing with Inspired now. Also, you know, they haven't had the greatest regular season. I think where they've committed a lot of turnovers, and I think they're they're due to straighten that out. Plus, Cincinnati, like they said, there's talk that some of the offensive linemen might play, but to be out that many, and Burrow, if he doesn't have time, he's not going to be able to be as efficient as he should be. So, I like Buffalo. Burrow looked like crap last week. He got outplayed by Huntley, a third-string quarterback at best. I, I don't know. It's going to be cold. Damar Hamlin could be there. It will. Jeff is right. It could make the crowd really go crazy. Could make the team go crazy. The confidence level. Diggs had over 100 yards last week and a touchdown. Gabe Davis had over 100 yards and a touchdown. These guys, if they they do what they did last week, even against Miami, the, who they look sloppy against, they're going to win this game. I, I just don't trust the Bengals in this big game. Uh, the crowd's going to be loud over there. I think a lot of pressure is on Joe Burrow. This guy, you know, he walks, he wears his weird fucking, you know, stuff all over his body, his, his pajamas before the game. I mean, I don't know what he wears. I mean, the guy's a weirdo, okay? But uh, his father says this is what makes him confident and understanding of who he is as a player. That's great. Is he going to be able to do it in a game? Is T. Higgins actually going to wake up in a game. He's going to throw the ball to him, which he didn't do last week. Four receptions for 36 yards is not enough for T. Higgins and for them to win. They need to spread the ball this week. If they spread the ball with Hurst, Higgins, Boyd, and then obviously Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase, catch the ball, goddammit. I mean, you're you're an absolute ridiculous player. You, you could play in a big game and open your mouth when you make a play, and then when you drop the ball, you have somebody to point at. This isn't Zach Wilson, baby. And if you go into this game playing like that, you're going to All gonna right, really make lose. the pick. I've got Buffalo in this game. <laughs> i got Buffalo. And I, I don't even think this game's going to be close. Mm. I, I'm, I'm going to say 37-15. Wow. That is a big one. All right, the last one, the Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. You guys 49ers. are going to be surprised on this one. So I, this is an, in, an interesting one when it comes to the interior rushes of both their teams because that's the weakness of the, both the offensive lines that they have. Zach Martin's great for the Cowboys, but still kind of young on the inside. And the Niners, they have good tackles. Do they have the interior against the Dallas pass rush inside? But Dorrance Armstrong got hurt twice in that Buccaneers game. How healthy is he? Will they be able to move around everyone else to be able to make it work and move Micah Parsons around too? Because Leighton Van Der Esch, I can't imagine, is going to blitz a lot. Now, the other key matchup for the Cowboys is like, can they get their pass-catching running backs involved to counter that 49ers pass rush? Because that raw running game is probably not going to work, especially uh, with Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner outside too, in addition to that defensive line. And also their secondary depth. It's just something that it looked good against the Buccaneers, but again, the 49ers are much better offensive line than the Buccaneers, and they're still able to get their players in motion a lot better. 
And I do think Brett Maher will miss a field goal as well. So this will be a uh, close game, uh, kind of high scoring, but I trust the Niners' defense a little more. And Mike McCarthy, he'll have some kind of play-calling blunder as well. Give me, Dal uh, give me San Francisco in this game. Dallas' defense is just too inconsistent for me. 30 to 20, Niners. Jeff, you're yeah, up. Yeah, this Come on, is Jeff, I'm dying to know a who question for me. It's not even close. <laughs> if you go, if you go position by position, every position, the Niners have an advantage. They have the best roster in the NFL, probably top to bottom, defense, offense. The Eagles do. They're probably the Eagles do. I don't know about that. They I don't, don't know about that. The Eagles do. I, by far, well, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, we'll see because they're probably going to end up playing each other. But this isn't even close. And if you're supposed to be a good team, you're supposed to draft good players. Not a single Georgia Bulldog on the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Not a single one. It's appalling. It's a bunch of dudes from Indiana and TCU. And we saw how that went with TCU. They stink. This is going to be so satisfying to watch Beeb cry in a bucket of coleslaw. That sloppy pig. <laughs> Give me the Niners. So now we know the real reason Jeff doesn't like the Cowboys. We all thought it was the Beeve all these years. It's really the fact that they have no Georgia players. <laughs> Go look at their roster. It's actually not very good. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. Okay, so, so I went back and forth here. I was initially – I wanted to pick the Cowboys here, and it's – uh, I'm with Jeff where I think if you go by position groups, like San Fran's better pretty much everywhere except quarterback. Now, I just think this spot for Dallas is brutal. This is going to be their fourth straight road game. This is a short week for them. They played on a Monday night. San Fran played on Saturday afternoon. That's huge. Dallas is traveling to the West Coast. San Fran just physically dominates every single team that they play. Now, the one thing I think Dallas has worked in their favor, Brock Purdy specifically, I mean, who are the best defenses they've played since he's been the starter? Crap. Like Miami, Tampa Bay, right? I mean, these are not good defenses. So I do think Purdy's going to be punching up here. I do think he is in for a little bit of a surprise, um, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I, I just I can't go with Dallas here. I think everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid after they beat a terrible Tampa Bay team. That's not going to sway me in my pick here. Um, I was impressed by Dak, but it's not going to be enough. Um, so I'm going to go with San Fran here, 27-21. Yeah, it's, I just love the playoff history between these two teams. So uh, it's going to be fun to see them on the field again against each other. Now, I am shocked. I'm absolutely shocked that Jeff did not pick the Cowboys, <laughs> I got to say. I don't know what the world is coming to. Uh I, I, I must be in another dimension. But I, I, I think that it's, it's for me, I, I am no Dallas Cowboy fan at all. I've never liked them. But uh, just to be different, since we all seem to be picking the same teams here, uh, I'll take the Cowboys just, just to piss Jeff off. And because, uh, I want to be <laughs> Mark, Mark picked the Cowboys, Jeff, for the sole purpose of pissing you off. <laughs> he was so heard, shocked you didn't pick the Cowboys. You thought you, he thought you were in a different dimension. I, 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 I heard if he wants to be on the losing side of things, let him side with the beef. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, looking at this game, I, I, I was like Derek. I was going back and forth. And I had, in the beginning of the season, I had San Francisco and the Buffalo Bills going to the Super Bowl. And I'd still go that way, but 
I it's not it has nothing to do with the Tampa Bay game. It has nothing to do with that. Something tells me we haven't seen the best of Dak Prescott in the playoffs. He he, he looked like crap last year. He made that unbelievable blunder which cost the Dallas Cowboys a chance to win the game. And Mike McCarthy was all over the place after the game. He couldn't he doesn't know his ass from his tailbone saying and trying to make excuses. Something tells me this game is going to be close. I don't trust Brock Purdy, okay? I don't trust him. He Everybody thinks he's like the next coming to Tom Brady. He's not Tom Brady. He's smaller than Tom Brady. And, and Tom Brady didn't have the offensive line in the first two years like this kid has this year. It's just, it, it's not going to happen. And I, I think the, the Cowboys are going to put pressure on him. The Cowboys are going to be able to run the ball against this defense that everybody says is so fantastic. I, I don't think they're as good as everybody thinks they are. Who did they beat the last four or five weeks at the end of the season? Nobody, okay? They're going against the Cowboy team. going to get you, get at you. Micah Parsons, they're going to put, they're going to move them all over. And Vander Esch, did anybody watch the game? Vander Esch coming back and stopping and, and, you know, cutting up the middle of the field the way he did. They couldn't run the ball against them. Tampa Bay couldn't run the ball. Fournette, Fournette had 20-something yards. Nobody can run the ball. And that was the big problem for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Give me... The Cowboys in this game. I think they shocked the world and knock off the 49ers. And you will see an NFC title game with the NFC East. Eagles, Cowboys. Cowboys, all right. Oh, hey, listen, guys, I got to get going. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Always appreciate it. You know, uh, Jeff, take care, Jeff. Nice, take Jeff. Nice uh, talking to you again. Jeff, he said take Mark care. Mark says take care, Jeff. Yeah, Ma- nice Mark, take care of yourself. I wish you all the best uh, happiness and health and all of that. You too, bud. Talk to you, sir. All right. Mark's gone. But now I will say something about this game. I, I Everybody is taking San Francisco here, and I, I really think San Francisco is going to have a chance to win this game. <laughs> I, it's not about being different. I just everybody is doubting. Everybody in the world is doubting the Cowboys. And there's something that tells me – Dak Prescott is going to go into this game, and I believe he's better than Brock Purdy. I don't think Brock Purdy is as good as everybody thinks he is. He really isn't. He's had, uh, you know, games that, you know, yes, he's he's the only quarterback in history. I think he has 12 touchdowns and no interceptions, and he's the first quarterback to win six games in a row. Big friggin' whoop. Who did he beat? Okay, he beat a defense last week that was ranked 28th in the league. Okay, not the Cowboys, which all season long, except the last two games, three games of the season, they were ranked in the top five in every single statistic. Van Der Esch is back. This is going to be a different Cowboy team, and I, I think they're going to get at him. I, I, I really do. They're going to throw him off. McCaffrey's the secret here. What are they going to do with McCaffrey? Are they going to move him to the wide receiving position? Are they going to move Debo Samuels to the running back position? Because in the fourth and third quarter, who was running the ball more, McCaffrey or Debo Samuels? Debo Samuels was. So it doesn't matter though that they're so interchangeable that they, they have more options and, and more trickiness. Like that's going to keep Dallas on their heels, baby. Give me the Niners in uh, a landslide. Ward made a lot of mistakes last week against Seattle, and I don't trust their secondary. I, I really don't. San Francisco secondary, yes, they have a great safety. Fantastic. The other two yeah, the, the other two guys, the two corners, young guys that made a lot of mistakes last last week against, yes, the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Okay? Uh, C.D. Lamb, he's as good as D.K. Metcalf. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it from – especially 
especially the beef telling me that C.D. Lamb was is not any good and he drops the ball. C.D. Lamb is a great player. They've got weapons. They can run the ball. They have Pollard. Who can I don't think their the weapons ball. are as good as Dallas's weapons. What are you talking even about? Even if we say CD and Debo are the same guy, right? Just say they're kind of equal. They're kind of the same, even though Debo can do more things than CD Lamb can. Ayuk is the best second receiver on either team. Yeah, that's Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is the better running back and can do it all out of any of the guys playing. Right? Like, I mean, San Francisco's got way more things. And by the way, I'll, I'll give you another guarantee. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Touchdown, Charlie Warner. Where do you go to school? Georgia. He's a winner. <laughs> Charlie Warner scores a touchdown and gets a team with no Georgia Bulldogs. Tight end Charlie Warner with a touchdown. You are one interesting person with this Georgia Bulldog crap. Jeff, where is he even ranked on the Niners' depth chart? That would be quite he's, a... He's their, back, he's their backup tight end. He oh, plays right it? behind Kittle. Yeah, okay. and, and he gets touches. And I'll give you another There's, piece. Hold oh, on, hold on. Oh, Debo can't Jeff run. Oh, Christian McCaffrey can't run. Maybe they get hurt. Big deal. Derek. Big brain guy went. Big brain guy went to Harvard. Kyle Juszczyk can run. Yep. Derek, what were you saying? Jeff, do you know how many catches Charlie Warner has on the year? Good, Speedy. Like ten. Like ten, and they're all touchdowns. <laughs> Speedy. I will guess four. Errol, how about you guess two? One. Zero. <laughs> two targets, zero catches, zero yards for Charlie Warner. Well, you know what's interesting, Derek. It, it, you're, you were back and forth with the Cowboys in San Francisco. What made you back and forth with picking San Francisco over the Cowboys? Uh, I'm with you where I think Dak has a chip on his shoulder. Uh, I mean, I think the interception stuff is, like, blown – so blown out of proportion. Um, I mean, I think, like, more than half of them can be attributed to drops or, like, just – I mean, kind of luck. You don't want to say luck, but – He's playing good football. Um, I think besides the Commanders game, which was horrendous, yes. but I think that was a team thing too. Like Dak was terrible, but the team was terrible. I, I don't think they really cared about that game. Um, but other than that, when he came back, they've scored 27 in every single game he's come back, except for that Washington game and the first game he came back. Um, so the offense is playing at a like borderline elite level. Um, I, I don't think the defense is the same as they were weeks one to eight no. where they look dominant, but it's still really good. They still have Micah Parsons, who's probably the second best defensive player in the league. Like you could say him, Bosa, right? Those are probably the two best defensive players left in the NFL playoffs. Um, so Trayvon Diggs, who can create a big play at any time. When Vander Esch is in there, as you said, they look a lot better in their front seven. Tank Lawrence has looked really good this year. So, I mean, they, they got the talent to match up. Like, I, I still think San Fran's better across the board. But, I mean, talk about Brock Purdy. He, he could have threw, like, three or four picks in that first half last mm-hmm. week. And, it, and it's Seattle. So, like, they're, they're not going to make those plays because the defense isn't there yet. But Dallas can make those plays. Dan Quinn is going to make life on life hard on Purdy. The, the looks are going to be unique. Uh, the pressures are going to be crazy. Um, my thing is just the weapons are too good. And, and, and we talked about that, but like, we didn't even, we didn't even mention Kittle. I mean, for my money, I'm taking Kittle over any tight end just because Kelsey, like I hardly count as a tight end. He's basically a slot receiver. Um, but like since Kittle's been back, I mean, that dude is an absolute monster. He changes everything for that offense, the way he blocks in the run game, the way he can create after the catch. Um, I just think it's going to be too much for four quarters. Like, it, at the end of the day, San Fran's offense will always make plays, no matter who is pulling the trigger at quarterback. 
that's that's what I'm thinking too. Is yeah, Jeff, what are you saying? All of that sounds good in theory. Oh, Van Der Esch and, and Micah Parsons. All that sounds good in theory. And they were good against Tampa Bay. But, you you know, they haven't had to go against the best. I don't care what anyone says. The best left tackle in all of football. Trent Williams is playing in this game. Mm-hmm. That makes a difference. When you have a superior offensive line, you're able to hold up against good defensive players. And, and I'll give it to Micah Parsons. He's a great player. Great player. No, Trent Williams is better. What are you gonna? What do you think they're gonna do with Micah Parsons if they know Trent Williams is on? They're gonna move him to the other side, and they're gonna make him. They're gonna make the other line, the other side of the line. Great, and they can block. put a running back. They can put use or, check back there, and they can chip a, him. I was about to say Kittle. Don't right. be surprised if they use him blocking in the backfield a lot too. Yeah, but they have enough pressure up front that they're gonna be able to open up the seam. That they're gonna be able to get to Purdy. I don't. And think- that's great if if you put Parsons on the other side. Great, put Parsons on the other side. That means you're going to have a scrub going up against the best run blocker in football, and I'll just hand it off to Christian McCaffrey and let him run behind that fat prick, road grade in it, whatever <laughs> son of a bitch is in front of him. I also, you mentioned, Derek, you are mentioning some of the other depth weapons, too. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Juwan Jennings has a nice game in this one, too, because he's kind of that deep threat that they don't really have the rest of their offense. IU can be at times, but he's a better, he's more of a precise route runner, and Calvin Joseph and the like, the rest of those uh, Jordan Lewis, those other younger corners that they have that haven't been as good since Anthony Brown got hurt. They could stretch the field on those guys. So it wouldn't surprise me if Jennings is one of those X factors because he was last they, year in the playoffs. They basically two. had like open tryouts at that cornerback two spot yeah. since Anthony Brown went down. And last week, Xavier Rhodes got all the snaps and he looked good because I mean that Tampa offense is so dysfunctional. Like anyone could have looked good in that spot, but now he's got a matchup against IU probably on most yeah. snaps. I mean he he plays on the outside every snap so that'll definitely be something to watch for if uh if Shanahan tries to go after that spot yeah they're gonna move guys around I I don't like the matchup with Rhodes on IU because IU IU because I think so precise of a route runner I wouldn't be surprised though if they try to physically rattle Debo a little more now he's quick off the line of scrimmage but he isn't as good of a raw route runner as IU is but he's also bigger and quicker where they try to make it harder for him after the catch and that where maybe Rhodes and zone coverage could be interesting. I think I forgot they had him too. I, I think <laughs> when you look at both defenses, they very much match up against each other. San Francisco's the number one defense. The Dallas was a top five defense all season long. Have they looked as good as they did in one to eight? I think Derek, you're right. They haven't. But that had a lot to do with Van der Esch being out, not playing in, a, in the last few games of the season. I think it's really changed the way. And Van der Esch was the best defensive player of the team last year in that game, where the game that they lost last year. So he, and, every, and if, yeah, here's the other thing. Everyone's talking about oh, uh, Dallas's defense. Dallas, dude, San Francisco's defense is going up against an offensive line that has holes in it everywhere. It's Swiss cheese. Good luck blocking that Bosa kid off the end. They played pretty well against a pretty good front seven of the Buccaneers. So yeah, they're not. They're not. It's not even close. Come well, on. their secondary who does, who sticks. Does, the Buccaneers. Who does, the Buccaneers. Who does Tampa have? Who does Tampa have up front? That's even close to Bosa. Even close. All right. Uh, I'm not comparing them to Bosa. Okay. Uh, I, that's what we were doing, right? Because you were like, they, they did, did good against Tampa. Their front Tampa's seven. Inferior. Their front seven inferior. this year. Tampa, Tampa's front seven this year. How many sacks did they have this year? Ah, Ben Simmons just got thrown out of the game. Screw you, prick. <laughs> I think they had 34 sacks this year, if I'm not mistaken. Or something like that. So, they they were up there. They, 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 they. They put pressure. It was a secondary. Tampa's secondary was horrible. The Cowboys' secondary, it's not great, but it's not bad. 
So I, I think they'll be able to do the things that I mean, they needed to. That's all well and good. The number one defense in all of football, the San Francisco 49ers. They're Speedy, the number one Speedy, defense. where are the Cowboys ranked this year in defense? I think they're 13th. 13th overall? Yeah. I know they were bad against the run. Uh, I thought because they were still 5th overall. Okay. Go, going into last week, Tampa was the 10th ranked defense and, and Dallas was the 13th ranked defense. Okay. Yeah, because I know they were bad against the run. I think they were 20th against the run. You know who's number one against the run? The Niners. Only allow the Niners. Only 60 yards a game do they allow. Yes. No, 80, it's 80. It's 80 yards a game they, they allow. And the la- ironically, this is the funniest part. The, la- the last running back to rush over 100 yards against them was Christian McCaffrey before he got traded there in week five. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so they're 27th. recognizes greatness. They're 27th against the run. They are 8th against the pass. And they're 14th in least first down. Okay, they're fifth in points defense. That's what I was thinking. Of. All right, number one, yardage. number one was San Francisco. Right, so only fifth in points, right? And they they played a, a terrible schedule, so they didn't give up a ton of points, right? But now they're playing the number one defense. They're going to have to score and keep the Niners off the scoreboard. Not happening. Number one defense this year was San Francisco. Number two, Philadelphia. Number three, Washington. Number four, the Jets. Number five, the Saints. Buffalo, number six. Denver, number seven, which is surprising. New England, eight. Baltimore, nine. Tampa, ten. Uh, Kansas City, 11, which is high. And then the Dallas Cowboys. I thought they were 13. They're 12. Big deal. There's a big difference. You're a middle-of-the-road defense if you're 12 and versus the number one defense. So everyone's talking about Micah Parsons and this and that. The Niners have a good offensive line. The, the Cowboys' offensive line is held together with duct tape. All right, and but drugs. you you said the Buccaneers' defense was horrible. The Buccaneers' defense was rated higher than the Cowboys. I just I just I, I just told you tenth, and then the, and right. then I thought it was right. I thought right, and then thirteenth, right? But there's, there's forty five sacks dude, there's, this year. There's a mile between tenth and first. I a under, mile. I understand. What did what did the Cowboys' offensive line do to that front seven on Monday? They shut them down. They had one sack. They had one sack. Besides that prick, Vita Vea, they're not good. Don't don't call Vita Vea a prick. He's easily the most likable player on that defense. He really is, though. And I don't care what that fake name dude, Derek Mountain, if that's what you think your real name is. (laughs) I don't care that Charlie Warner doesn't have a touch this year. He gets one this week. He's a winner. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff, you're going to go for the uh, plus, what, 12,000 anytime touchdown prop for Charlie Warner? Hey, uh, hey, I'll put put five bucks on it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like... If it hits, it hits, and baby. I, and I think that, that Giant and Philadelphia game is going to be a lot closer than people think, too. Just because I feel that the Giants been beaten twice against Philadelphia, I, I, it's very hard to beat a team three times in, in the same year. So I think they're going to put a lot of pressure on Philadelphia. The pressure is on Philadelphia. It's not on the Giants in this game. So going into this game, Philadelphia has to get an early lead. They have to make sure that they can't run the ball. If they, if somehow Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones could run the ball, and remember, Philadelphia has had problems stopping running quarterbacks all season long. They might have problems with Daniel Jones. The confidence level of this kid, and 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 listen, I I don't like the wide receiving core of the Giants. And we had a Giants guy on t- talking about Hodgins. Give me a break. Hodgins is not going to be an X factor in this game. Trust me. Darius Slayton is not going to be. The X factor here is Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. You stop one or you stop the other, you're going to win the game. And the defense is going to have to cause at least one or two interceptions if they plan to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. If they do that, yeah, they can win. 
And I wouldn't be surprised if the, the Giants and the the, the the Cowboys in the NFC title game. I hope not. Not happening. I hope not, not because we'll hear the beef. We'll hear the beef going back and forth. Oh, this is my time! I told you, Jack Prescott's going to win a Super here's, Bowl. <laughs> here's the other thing that you're, here's the other thing that you're ignoring. You're completely ignoring this because you're, you're 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 trying to compare players and offenses and defenses and this. You guys are just way off base here. It's the Cowboys. If it can go wrong, it will go wrong. Throw stats out the window. That's why I think this is going to be a different year for that. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they have some a trick up their sleeve. I oh, so you surprised. think they're a Super Bowl champion? No. Nope. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Because they're going to play Philadelphia next week, and Philadelphia's going to absolutely pulverize them. Just end it I now. I absolutely believe Just it. Just end it now. Send, send McCarthy out to the buffet now. Just get I, it over with. Everybody keeps talking about Brock Purdy, and I don't. he's the worst quarterback of the bunch. In the playoffs, still he is. No, that's Trevor Lawrence. He wasn't very high. Yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence is better than Purdy. Je- Je- Jeff, how is uh, Mike McCarthy going to get to the buffet when the Trevor Chiefs Lawrence play at four? Uh, when the Chiefs play at four thirty, and Andy Reid will have plenty of time after the game. I agree with you, Derek. And I, 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 I'm, I think Brock. Remember, Brock Purdy was the last person drafted last year's draft. Give me a break. I know he's having a great year. Congratulations to Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers because Purdy's going to get smacked around on, on, on what is it, on Sunday? Yep. It's Sunday. Says it's the guy game. in last place. I'm sorry? Says the guy in last, last place. place. Why? Because I'm, I'm going all out there. I, I had San Francisco going to the Super Bowl, and I, and I probably do the same as I do every single year, picking San Francisco and Buffalo. But I just want to throw a curveball and say, you know what? I think the Cowboys are going to surprise the world and knock off. This is, this is more hedging your bet because then if San Francisco wins, you get to go, well, I no. go to the Super Bowl. No, no, no you're picking them to lose. That, I did. I picked them to lose because you want to know something? I want to shove it up where the sun doesn't shine from you, Jeff. It's not going to happen, brother. It's not going to happen. It's the Cowboys. If it can go wrong, it will go wrong. And the bees likes them. That means they blow. Salt water or clear water? Let's hear it. What? Salt water or clear water? What's clear water? What do you think? Like fresh water? Very good. Which one? Salt pool. Salt water pool. Okay, there he goes. All right, so he he flipped us a curveball there, Speedy. I don't I don't I don't like the ocean. I'm not an ocean guy. I, I hate the sand. Ocean. It's just it's it's the sand that gets me. Sharks. And, uh, Sharks. Oh yeah, dude. The ocean is nothing but monster soup. <laughs> That's all it is, dude. Derek yeah. likes the ocean. She can't throw him that because he's no, he's, dude. Yeah. The yeah. ocean is just monster soup. Everything in there is trying to kill you. <laughs> Maybe that's uh, the foundation of uh, Derek's alias enterprise. Maybe they're all from the yeah. ocean. <laughs> Maybe Derek knows about Atlantis and where nobody's knowing us. What is this, the beast? Uh, 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 Octopus trying to kill you. Giant squid trying to kill you. Uh, The thousand different species of shark all trying to kill you, except the nurse shark because it doesn't have any teeth. Right? Uh, Stingrays may have killed... Don't sleep on stingrays. They took down uh, the, the... the crocodile hunter, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, well, Steve Irwin. Yeah. Stingrays killed him, dude. <laughs> the, everything in there is trying to kill you. Fuck the ocean. It's monster soup. There you go. He doesn't like the ocean. I, I don't like the ocean because I used to surf, and I had my in, you know interview with a shark instead of a vampire. 
After that, I was done with that. I, I don't even go in the water. I won't even. They. I, I was. I was going to do the polar. Uh, what do they call it? The polar plunge. Dive or whatever. Plunge yeah. this year. I go every thing. year to support it here on Long Island. It was like like 35 degrees. Everybody was going in the water. And I told everybody, F that. I am not going in that water. I don't care if it's cold. I don't care if it's warm. You will not see me go into that water. So I Jellyfish. Monster soup. Jellyfish, bro. Jellyfish. Terrible. Jellyfish. And, you know, I, I, people would say crocodiles and alligators and all that other crap. Jeff, I don't know if you heard my comments about uh, when you were talking about Mike McCarthy going to the buffet. Buffet's going to be closed because Andy Reid and the Chiefs play at four four thirty, so they'll have plenty, <laughs> no. they'll, they'll have plenty yeah. of time. He'll have plenty of time to eat up. No, no, McC- McCarthy eats whatever Andy. Did Reed you leaves. did you guys see my uh, when when Andy Reid was going up to the press what he was eating going up to the press the other day? No, I didn't. Well, no. I was, uh, he was eating a hot dog. He was finishing a hot dog. It was really, really funny. I saw him stuff it in his mouth. He went up there. He had mustard on his top of his lip. He was licking it off. I'm like, this guy is out of his mind. He just wins a football game, the, the last game of the season, and he's eating hot dogs. He, he, I mean, let's be, honest. Let's, let's be honest, though. The hot dog is at the top of the food chain as far as arena or stadium cuisine. Maybe a better hot dog on the planet than a stadium hot dog. No, you're right. Actually, a New York hot dog. The Dirty Dogs, they're the best. They are the No, best. no. Stadium hot dogs will wreck those things. Have you ever been to the city and had the Of course, the dirty water cart, cart hot dogs that are on oh, the street. I've, I've oh. definitely, yeah, okay. definitely had them. They're good. Doesn't even come. It doesn't even matter. Any stadium across the country, that's the top of the arena food chain. I got uh, a question for all of right you. Right below that, sausage and peppers. Number two, sausage and peppers. All is right. Like, all right. Best stadium you've ever been to, all of you. Best stadium you've ever been to and favorite food at the stadium you've eaten? Ooh, that is a good question. Speedy, you first. Ooh. Is this all sports? All sports. Any sport, uh, any stadium. Best stadium you've ever been to, favorite food you ate at that stadium. All right, Camden Yards is definitely the best stadium I've been to. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite food, though, individually at that stadium. I'm actually going to I'm going to take out uh, one that uh, Jeff was mentioning, very similar to sausage and peppers in Cleveland when I was in there in, in uh, at a Progressive oh, Field. Yeah, the brat over there. It it was a loaded one too. It was delicious. Yeah, it's great. How about you, my friend? Derek, your favorite. Best stadium, definitely Wrigley for me. Okay. Um, that was like otherworldly. Um, it's, I don't even know if this counts as a food, but, like, I just associate it with baseball. Mm-hmm. It's the only time I'll ever eat this food, but it's peanuts. And it's just, like, I, there's <laughs> nothing like cracking peanuts and watching a baseball game. It makes me feel like stadium, I'm in, like, uh, Dude, a stadium bag of peanuts is elite cuisine. He's right. That's a, that's a good that's a good choice for peanuts. <laughs> you kidding me? And they last, like, all game. They give you so many goddamn peanuts at a baseball game. It's unbelievable. So it's not even a real food, but I, I tie the experience to eating peanuts watching a baseball game just, live. Just don't tell your girlfriend that. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, how about you, man? All right, I'm going to pick three because I have three different things, right? I'm going to go Fenway okay. Park for for like the nostalgia. Like if you like nostalgia, mm-hmm. it's either Wrigley or Fenway. So I'm going Fenway Park. The best eats in Fenway is the clam chowder in right field. Unreal, right? Okay. If you're If you're looking like – uh, best new stadium, like new thing. I went to uh, the Nationals ballpark the week it opened. Oh, not wow. a bad seat. Not a bad seat in that whole place. It was awesome, and they got a five guys in center field. It's amazing to eat a five guys <laughs> burger in the thing. 
And I'm going of uh, the third one. If you're looking for pregame experience, nothing beats Old Miss and going to the Grove. Okay. It's amazing, the Grove, dude. It's like it's it's like the world's biggest tailgate every week at Old Miss. It's unreal. Everyone looks amazing. They all dress their best. You're in the South, and everyone's cooking their own food. It's amazing. I can believe that. I love Five Guys too. So a good choice on that one. Um, mine was PNC Park. It, it, it was definitely okay. uh, Pirates. It was, it's fantastic. It's Bucket list for sure. A hundred percent. If it's a place to go, they got a around the stadium. They have a mall. They have all the different food places you could go to. Um, my favorite food there was the chicken nuggets over there, uh, and they have these. What do they call them? Twirl fries with the curly, curly fries, fries. Uh, with cheese. Fantastic. Ooh. Fantastic. So uh, that was. That's a place to go. If you're if you're a baseball fan, you're a sports fan, and you you've never checked out Pittsburgh and and PNC Park, that is a bucket list. My my brother to. went there in 2015 with my my parents because he was on a college tour, and he said it's it beautiful. was beautiful. Like the, nothing will be. Uh, the grass smells like you know when you when you go outside and when you when you mow your lawn and you smell the grass. Oh, the residue after the that. the residue yeah. after that. Yeah. That's what it smells like on the field. It, it's okay. it's. I was there like on a second or third level. Of the you know right by the field, it smelled like fresh grass. It was fantastic. It really beautiful. It was a beautiful day. The sun, you know, when when the sun's going down at five o'clock, it doesn't put any shadows on the field because it's not hovering over the field. It's beautiful. It, it really is. It's a beautiful stadium. I'll, I'll give you another honorable mention one that was really fun and they had some really good food. Safeco, baby. Safeco in Seattle was dope, and I had a bag of crickets. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the uh, the chili lime grasshoppers. <laughs> Dude, they're awesome. They're awesome. It was so funny. I, I my, my... eating grasshoppers and ants. <laughs> but when those first came out, they were the, like, such like a random, like popular trend. And I was telling my mother about it. She was like so grossed out by it. And no, then, dude, no, dude, they're awesome. No, no, they're no. Awesome. I, I would if I if I went there, I I definitely would do it for the experience. But it was so funny when the when the first the first time the Met, the Mets played in Seattle when they had those things first invented. It was so funny watching like uh, Keith Hernandez like just absolutely like just could not handle it at all whatsoever. He wouldn't try it to save his life. It was so funny. And, and there's one on my bucket list that I'm yet to get to. I mean, I have a lot on my bucket list, but one that I really want to get to is the Diamondbacks because they got a three-foot churro. I know. Mm-hmm. They have a they have three foot churro. They have it. They have something else too with a I want to say a chili hot dog or something like that. That's also yeah, like yeah. A the hot dog's one. crazy yeah. too. What's the yeah, stadium yeah, that crazy. you could swim while the game is going on? I I, I want to try. That's that. a lot of them. That's a lot of them now. But that's Arizona, Arizona is too. One of them. I want to go. Right, I wanna, yeah. That's what I want to do. I want to swim out in the outfield when the when the the game's going on. That'd be nice. Mar- I think the Marlins have something like that too. But I was I gonna say, yeah, Miami. yeah, there's a bunch. I of think them there's some foul territory. I want to do it, man. That, that'll be fun for me. You know, just those things got to be gross, man. <laughs> those got to be gross. Well, you, Public you, pool at a, at a baseball stadium? What could possibly go? Well, on? you know what? You chlorine it. You know, you make sure that you uh, yeah, you wear nose plugs. And don't open your mouth. Chlorine. Don't open your mouth. You know. <laughs> no. I mean, I've, I've been to a bunch of places that are really cool. I've been to, to Bryant Denny for an Alabama Auburn game. Nah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Mm. That's it. You, you know, when I was down, when I was, uh, where was I? Uh, I was in Virginia. They have this like apple jelly. I forget what it's called. Apricot jelly thing that they had at one of these these facilities, and you put it on crackers over there. It is delicious. I mean, 
I bought like I I think me and Brittany bought a jar of it. it it's and we still haven't opened up. It guys, it's huh. friggin' awesome. It is. It's yeah, that was, yeah, we do that at our football parties. Do we do like charcuterie boards? We oh, have the apricot jam, good, and we also get. Well, yeah, we also get truffle cheese. So it's the not, cheese, the truffle was, cheese with the apricot jam. It's dope. Cracker back ja- barrel. What is a cracker barrel or whatever it is? That's a, that's. No, I don't know. It's my buddy's girl gets it. It's some. She's like super foofy and bougie, so she goes to like some cheese shop and picks up truffle. Oh yeah, cheese. it was. I think dope. we picked it up from crack. What is it called? Cracker barrel, whatever the heck the place well, that, is. That's the cheddar place, and also there's a restaurant with that. Yeah, the so restaurant. Like and we bought it at the restaurant. It's delicious, guys. Delicious. You could put it on bread, crackers. It's delicious. And uh, we dude, bought- nothing beats arena cuisine. No, bro. You can go almost anywhere and get some dope arena food. Mm. Ben says the churro oh. is amazing. We have that at the Diamondback Stadium. Yes. So, yeah, that's the one I'm talking yep. about. He's, on, he's on board with the law, the three foot churro. What is up with this churro thing? I, I look at look at Ben. Now the Diamondbacks have like they have some crazy ones there. I mean, you know, a churro three foot. What are you going to do with a three foot churro? I mean, seriously. I don't know. Throw it at the players when they strike out. (laughs) (laughs) You can use it as a baseball bat. I'm sorry. I don't want to do that. I'm not from New York. I'm not throwing things at players. (laughs) I mean, my bucket list is is I've always always wanted to go out to L.A. and go to an Anaheim game. And, and an LA game in the same day. Could you imagine going to one game in the uh, in the afternoon and one game at night, back to back days? That's what I want to do. I want to go to the Dodger game or the uh, Angel game in the you know in the afternoon, and at night I'll go to a Dodger game because nobody shows up on time at the Dodger games anyways. So you're, you're probably not going to get myself a nice seat. Traffic is brutal. I'll get myself a nice seat over there. That's another epic one. A Dodger dog is classic, bro. Dodger dog. That's what they call it. Dodge yeah, that's what they no, have, I know the that is that it's their iconic food staple over there. Dodge the dog. Never, I, that's what you got to tell your girlfriends. Yeah, it's like, the, it's, it's, like the, it's like the hot dog in Boston is the Fenway Frank. Yes. They have a Dodger dog. We got the Fenway right. Frank. Uh-huh. By the way, uh, congratulations to Connor McDavid. He is one of only four players to get over forty goals in less than fifty games in a season. So he is probably going to get seventy or eighty goals this year. It's it's fantastic what the way he's playing right now. He's ridiculous. He's mm-hmm. fantastic. He's uh, ben says I uh, had a, had a fun night last night hanging out with Goose Gossage and Tim Lawler. At oh, my look at that, bar. Goosey as a Gossage, you know, with the nice beautiful mustache. You know, he looked like a raper. You know, he looked like a he looked like uh, what do they call uh, what's his name again from Queen. Um, uh, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. That's that's it. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't sing right, that's for sure. You know, Raleigh no, Fingers. Not- I, I met Raleigh Fingers years and years ago. That guy's that guy's a crazy. Guy. His hands were huge. You want to talk about guys that have big hands? And Shaquille O'Neal, biggest hands oh, I've ever course. seen. Duh. Biggest it's hands like a tw- I've ever seen. Size twenty two. Dude, his two. hands. His hands. I was going to say, dude, his hands are bigger than both my feet put together. That's how big they are. They, dude, it, look, my 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 hands are small. I don't have the very very. I have big feet, but I have small hands. This guy's hands were like four times the size of mine when I shook his hand. It's it like you couldn't even see my hand in his palm. So it, it's it's unbelievable. Some of these guys are just huge when you meet them. And then, I, you know, but it's fantastic. But anyways, Derek, I know you got to go. But uh, we always appreciate you. And uh, we'll see where. If you... that's your real name. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Derek, maybe maybe all this mustache talk. Maybe you could uh, cover up I your alias love, a little more. I would love to see Derek with a mustache and a beard. How about that? I'll if, dare you. If I, if I could grow one, I mean, I can get like 
man. I, do you want to share? Do, do, wanna, facial hair. do you want me to help it, you? Like, out? I could try for a month and I get I get minimal progress. Does your brother have the same problem as you? No, no, he can he can grow facial hair. Yeah, it takes a little longer, but like he he could grow facial hair. I I just like I just got the baby face going. I don't yeah, know. Well, I, don't I don't understand. I understand. Your brother is like five foot eight. You're like six foot one. I mean, no, of, no, I'm six five. I'm, I'm sorry, you're six five. <laughs> yeah. Well, where, where's the size cut? Where's the size? I, I don't know. I don't, no, no, this, this is all part of the cover up of the Derek Mountain alias. I mean, yes, yeah, one hundred percent. He doesn't grow the mustache. He's got a fake mustache when he's trying to sneak into Tijuana. How big is Kyle? How tall is Kyle? Five eleven. Hold on one second. So it, it all works. It the the oldest one is five foot eight. The second oldest, Kyle, is five foot eleven, and you're six foot five. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I would love to see you stand next to your brothers. That's a... <laughs> you all look the same. I will say that you definitely resemble. You think so? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You guys. Hundred percent. You guys resemble each other. Hundred percent. I, I make before, for... before yeah. Derek goes. Derek, how fast do you think hockey players can skate? Oh God! How goes. fast? Here he goes. Like yeah. on average? Yes. I mean, they're going up. They're going more than twenty miles an hour. No, yeah, no. Top speed is seventy. <laughs> goodbye, Derek. Don't listen to this he, guy. He, he should know he was a top that, prospect. Goodbye. Players goodbye. skate seventy miles. Always a pleasure, guys. Derek, I love you, man. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Derek, starved out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Jeff. He stormed out pretty quickly. You're I don't know. What, what is he trying to do? Jeff, you are an what, ass. What is, what is he planning? You are with an ass, alias Jeff. of Derek Mallon. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a fake name. <laughs> it's a fake name. It's not. That's his last name. It's, it's a fake name. You never heard of his father? His father's Steve Mallon. His family's on the run. They're all in. They're, they're government witnesses. They're in WITSEC. Government protection. They, the government gave them all new identities. Mountain is the last name. You're crazy. You are a crazy person, man. Anyways, Jeff, thank you for calling, bud. Oh, always a pleasure. Let's go 49ers. Huh? Charlie Warner touchdown prop. Speedy, I'm on it. I'm going to throw five on it for you. All right. <laughs> it's got to be, dude, it's got to be a long shot. No, I'd say it's probably like plus 12,000 or something. Right. No touches this year. He's going to get in the end zone. He's getting in the end zone this week. He's a winner. Georgia player. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Jeff from Runs Tampa. at 70 miles an hour. Jeff from Tampa. Fantastic, isn't he? Wonderful. Thank you, Derek, for uh, joining us and listening to that garbage. For And t- t- tell Derek uh, we're, I apologize for Jeff's craziness. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Great show. It really was. Uh, a shame we couldn't get, uh, you know, obviously Jeremy Mincy on. Uh, he's probably busy. Speedy, reach back out to him. Maybe we can. Yeah, we'll definitely try another week for sure. Figure something he out. Seem, he, seems, he seems like interesting. He's got a production company. That's a little very interesting. I'm very surprised thing. he didn't come on today. I thought he was. No, he said he said he, he, said he, he texted me back. He said he was ready to go. But also, yeah, right. Maybe something came up. I don't know. We'll find something out. came up or maybe uh, something was going wrong with his system. I, I, yeah. I don't know. You know, but. Uh, it's a, you know, we'll, we'll get him on. Uh, we'll get Carpenter on next week. Yeah, so, Carpenter's locked in for 8 o'clock next week. He's, so, he's yeah. ready this time. Uh, we also might ha- also next week have mm-hmm. uh, the return of uh, NFC East uh, foot reporter at Fox, Fox Sports, Ralph Vacchiano, might be coming back on oh, as well. Oh, Ralph coming on. Everybody we'll find out. Ralph. He has to see with his schedule, but he might be coming on very next well week known as well too. on Wednesday. Very well known in the industry, Ralph is. And mm-hmm. I, I think he would love to come on, talk a little football with us. 
uh, as uh, he is one of the best in the business at doing that. So, yeah, it'll be fun, man. It's going to be an interesting week. A lot of sports, a lot of football that we'll be talking about. And I know people are going to be sitting here and saying why I would go with the Cowboys. I wanted to throw curveball because, to me, everybody is picking the same thing. It's no fun. I don't care if I lose in the playoffs. You know, everybody knows I picked Buffalo and San Francisco in the Super Bowl. I'm going to go with the Cowboys right now. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. Uh, If they play the Eagles, they're going to get smashed up. I, I, I just think... The the eagle the the fact that the Eagles lost the last time they played because Jalen Hurts didn't play explains everything on why I think the the Philadelphia Eagles are destined to knock off the Cowboys in the NFC title game. So, and I know the Beaver will have you know he'll probably you know what in his pants if if somehow the Cowboys beat the San Francisco 40. And I like to see the Beave with a smile on his face and think. And the Beave probably has San Francisco winning, and that's what makes it even more funnier. So Maybe it'll take 13 seconds to smile. Yeah, like it, Tam- did, like it did to take Dak to run down the field last that year. That and he had Tampa winning, the whole th- winning ta- Tampa winning this week, and, and he was wrong. Against the Niners? No, he had Tampa beating the Cowboys. Oh, last week, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he bet against his team, and he was wrong. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. Isn't I, mean, it? I bet against my team, and I was happily wrong too. So I'll take yeah, it. Well, and you're probably betting against them now, aren't I you? I did. I picked the Eagles twenty three seventeen, but I did pick a close game. I do have I the Giants you, covering. I figured you were going to pick the, and then everybody keeps saying like Josh keeps telling me he's a he's a Giant fan. Why isn't he picking the Giants? I said because he he knows that he he thinks the Giants aren't going to win. That's that's it. I, I I think the game will be interesting. I, I do early, and we'll see what happens. I think it's a blowout. I do. I I think one way or another they'll find a way to blow it out. The Eagles at the end of the game because I think Jalen Hurts, if he's half healthy as I think he will be, it'll be fun to watch. But that's it. Uh, listen to the weekend crunch on 103.9 at 10:30 p.m. after the Islander game against Carolina on Saturday. It will be fun. Uh, all different uh, content that you don't hear on these shows, you will hear on those show that that show that particular show. So uh, shout out to the fans on 103.9 FM if you want to listen to the show live. Listen to it at 10.30 on Saturday on TuneIn Radio and iHeartRadio and 103.9, the LI News Radio Network. There's an app for all of them. Check them out. Thank you to the fans, as always. Until next week, Mr. Wednesday, this is Errol Mark Speedy Petey saying good night, and we'll talk to you then. Good night. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.